Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 4, Episode 13. Today we're talking about Colobos from 1999, directed by Daniel Liautowicz and David Todd Oakverk. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean Rourke. I'm Connor. This podcast will be broadcast in 4x3 to preserve Zack Snyder's original vision, McGraw! I'm Justin Esquell of the Epic Film Guys. Welcome to The Dumpster. I've been sitting on that joke for God knows how long. <laughs> since, since the dawn of time. Guys, we're back. We're fucking, we're back in full effect. The fucking dumpster pack is back, Jack. Oh my God, my heart's fucking beating into my fucking chest. With a Snyder Cut reference in July. Thank you very much, Connor. <laughs> Just slide it right in there. I don't think you've, you've even watched it yet, <laughs> No, and I'm still kind of good. I mean, I've heard good things, but I'm also good. I just love that disclaimer at the beginning. It makes me laugh. I don't know why, because I don't think if... I'm like, why was it there? Don't tell anybody, and they won't think about it. Uh, I guess, question mark. I guess I guess before we get rolling, uh, Connor, if you just want, you know... If if you had something to say, you wanted to, to, to just bring yourself back into the fold, back into the, into the, uh, the glorious, uh, dumpster. You know, I... I'll keep it brief just because I don't want to... Yes, this isn't the, this isn't the Oscars, right? Rap, we'll hit you with the fucking wrap it up button. You'll play me... Yeah, you'll play me off. Um, yeah. Also, my whole new attitude is, like, always forward, so I don't want to dwell on, like, the past few months. But, like, uh, I do want to say uh, thanks to a few of the listeners, Sir, uh, Sergio, John, CJ. Um, you guys are saints. You guys have reached out to me a lot in the past few months. Uh, but I took a vacation. I cleared my head. I came back uh, just empowered and renewed and i feel fantastic um it's felt a lot longer than it actually has been for me personally um but yeah holy shit i feel really really good and i feel really good going forward so yeah let's just let's let's bang on forward <laughs> awesome dude and we're and we're fucking psyched to have you back shit sucked but i'm better so not only is connor back here with us but we have a awesome guest with us today justin from the epic film guys podcast what is going on dude I am extremely honored and happy and pumped and fucking psyched to be here tonight. I can't tell you enough, man. This show, I swear to God. So I'm just here for love, man. Let's let's show some love. I'm I'm all about it, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's show some love by watching five people get butchered in a home. Yes. <laughs> that's, exactly. That's how we do it. And John Kramer's protege's fucking house. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> I've got to, I'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, I, I got to, I got to meet Justin in the flesh at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater for CritterCon, where we got to meet the Kyoto Brothers and watch fucking Critters 1 and 2 and 35. It was great. We took some pictures uh, with the spaceship and the giant critter ball and shit. I don't know if you cats saw that on uh, on Instagram, but that we had a very good time. Um, and I'm psyched that we finally got together and uh, fucking here we are. Teaming up, doing the fucking crossover, the epic film dumpster, dude. Epic movie dumpster, yeah. Yeah. We got plenty of dumpsters on our show. <laughs> it's mentioned a lot, for real, so two peas in a pod, baby. I uh, I actually listened to your Conjuring 3 review uh, in preparation for this. Uh, uh, we reviewed it, and I think me and Joe are both like, uh, it was disappointing, but it was okay. You wanted to burn it to the ground. I haven't been that pissed off at a movie in so fucking long. And not only that, but pissed off 
in the movie theater watching that movie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we recommended just watching it on HBO Max. Yeah, and I, that's what I did. And I didn't dislike it, but I walked away from it going like, man, that sure was missing some wand magic there. Um, <laughs> oh, you're telling me. Yeah, also, maybe the case you chose was a little gross because lots of people involved are still very much alive and have opinions on it, so mm. maybe not. What, 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 hold on, what case? They barely talk about it in the movie! Yeah, and that's the thing, too. It's like an accessory to this weird subplot involving a say I'm like, you gave him it's, a human villain? How fucking strange. It's not, dude, we talk about it on that on that right, but uh, the case is like a minute long. They're just like, yeah, the devil, Yeah. Uh, he's, he's possessed by a demon, and the court was like, Fuck you, and that was it. That was the end of the case. <laughs> also, like, the Warrens are ever so progressively becoming pieces of shit in the eyes of the public, so, like, it's probably a good, t- a good thing this series is probably going to wrap up, because, like, they're steadily losing credibility with, the you know, the people who are discovering who they are. Well, not only that, but even 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 by that time in reality, you know what I mean? Yeah, and all the, all the cases they're involved in, they're, like, barely involved in, so. So, yeah, without further ado, the 90s... Lost Gem. I like to call it a Lost Gem. I don't think a lot of people have heard about this film. Has any? Have any of you guys seen Call of Bows before? Nope. No. I only know about it from Arrow announcing it whenever they release the Blu-ray, but never actually watched it. Oh, dig. So, well, 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 oh, oh, well, hold, hold on one second, Joe. Hold that thought. Justin, can you just tell our audience all about yourself and your show a little bit? Um. Yeah, we talk about movies and a bunch of shit. You know, that <laughs> oh, sounds familiar. No. Yeah. I mean, um, we've we've been a podcast since 2014. So we've been around for quite a while. Maybe some co-host changes and shifts and stuff like that. But uh, we've just been reviewing movies. Uh, we do a yearly cancer benefit as well. That seems to be a big deal. We get a lot of different podcasts from all over the country, all over the world, actually, to be a part of it once a year as well. So that's kind of like what we're known for, other than like sitting around and shitting all over the 1976 King Kong movie. That's also a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Duan, how oddly specific. We review a lot of stuff. Well, I only, I'm only plugging that episode because it was a few months ago and it's doing very well. So please listen to it. Please, if you're listening to this, listen to that. So you get together, you talk about movies. I can't relate to that in any way. It's just a strange concept. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. It's very fucking weird. I'm just stuck here thinking about Jennifer Lang. Well, now I am too. Thanks, Sean. Well, he made King Kong 76. Come on. I know. I know. I love Jessica Lang. Oh, you're not going to give Jeff Bridges any love? Jesus. I mean... She shows up in a boat, though. She shows up in a boat. That dress is just, I mean, it's to die for. So what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, right, Joe. We should give Jeff Bridges a little bit of a... Uh, throw him a bone. <laughs> throw him a white Russian, honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the fucking conga bides, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's amazing, dude, about the cancer benefit. I, I did not know that. Um, That's really awesome. Yeah, maybe next year if you guys are interested. We'd love to have you be a part of it. We just open up slots about like three or four months before the event. Any podcast that wants to be involved can do whatever they want for the event during that segment. Talk about whatever movie they want. Literally do anything to bring their audience in to be aware of the cause that we've been very underneath the entire time and pushing forward. So yeah, 100%, man. Anyone can be a part of it. We love it. It's such a great event every single year and have so many different podcasters and content creators. So you're fucking welcome. Come on, have a blast. That's amazing. We would love we would love to uh to be a part of that and support that cause for sure, no doubt. Um and where where can everybody find your your the show? Where can everybody find Epic Film Guys? Literally up your mom's ass, probably. I mean, it's everywhere. Everywhere, man. At Epic Film Guys. I don't speak to my mom, so how am I gonna Oh I would definitely not have looked there. I'm gonna tell you right now. <sighs> Getting weird places, man. <laughs> weird nooks and crannies. But uh, all over the place, just at Epic Film Guys, epicfilmguys.com. We're on every single podcatcher, everything. 
literally everywhere. That's awesome. Be a hell way to re- re- regain t- contact with my mom. Like, mom, the thing I do is up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I saw that that podcast was up your ass. Can I listen to it real quick? Can I listen to it, Mom? I know we haven't talked in two years. That's okay, Connor. Put your ear right to my asshole. There you go. <laughs> Scream real loud to my ass. <laughs> listen up, kiddo. <laughs> he starts climbing up there. He's like Egon in the containment year. He finds fucking epic film guys in there. He finds he finds his old toys. You know, we, we thought Sam Whipple took him, but Mom just shoved him up there where the uh, sun don't shine. That's where my Bret Hart autograph world championship is. Oh, my God, your asshole's a fucking, your mom, your asshole, your mother's asshole's a John Hurt portal? Probably. Probably. With how things have been shaping up. <laughs> uh, hopefully not a Cumdar portal. No. Well, it might be. Okay. All right. We're good. That's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> we found the line. That's it. Yeah, that that's it. That's the preview for this episode. Um... Yeah, so Colobos. Uh, yeah, so you guys hadn't hadn't uh, heard of it except for the the Arrow Blue that that, that they dropped. Um, I found this movie in a Pathmark. <laughs> okay. Um, I used to go I used to go food shopping with my mom, and in the in the Pathmark in Brick, New Jersey, had does anybody I, does anybody have you guys ever been to a fucking Pathmark? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I don't even know what a fucking Pathmark is. Please explain to me. Okay, Pathmark is like a food chain, a uh, 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 grocery store chain, or it used to be. Yeah, are there any Pathmarks left? No. I don't think so. That's like finding A&P in New Jersey. I don't think they're there anymore. Yeah, and like Grand Union and shit. They're all, they're all dead. Yeah. I think where it, where it is, what's there now is a Ollie's. Oh, that, oh yeah, 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 right by your old house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be a Pathmark. And uh, I used to go grocery shopping with my mother. And they had, they used to have, like a video uh, portion and you can still find shit like that in like drugstores or dollar stores. You know, you have the the DVDs that are like five bucks for like a Blu-ray or some shit. I think I think every Walmart has a five dollar bin and you can just like dive into it. Oh yeah, but I'm talking like really fucking like bottom of the barrel bullshit that's like like there's not an entertainment section, but they decided to just like stick it with the magazines. Exactly. Yeah, I think I bought a DVD that had like 30 different black and white zombie movies on it for like 4.99. Oh yeah, those like slim ass like DVD cases with like six Gamera movies, yeah. Yeah, you open it and it's like there's not even like any care put into taking care of the CDs. They're double-sided and stacked on top of each other. That's exactly how I bought Night of the Living Dead for the first time on DVD. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Local local grocery store had it on in like a fucking black basket. <laughs> On the edge of like the greeting cards, and I was like, "Oh my god, Night of the Living Dead! I don't own this." Weird. On DVD, now I have to buy it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. They had, they used to have these racks of uh, VHS at the time. You know, DVD wasn't out yet. They used to have tapes by the magazines, and I used to be like, "Oh, you know, they used to be my thing." We used to go to the Pathmark. My mo- my mother let me like hang out for like a couple minutes and just try to see if I could find a movie that I wanted. Um, I got Troll Two off that rack. I got a few things off there, but um. One of those flicks was Colobos. And let me tell you something. If you've seen... We're going to post it on the Instagram. But if you've seen the original cover for this film, um, it is nothing like what happens in the film whatsoever. Is the original cover the one I keep seeing where it's like that orange background with like a silhouette on it? No. Is it the white one? Or I looked at all the cover art. I can't tell... like. Which one it would be, but... The VHS one was... There's, like, a chick, and uh, she's got, like, dark lipstick on, and there's, like... The monster! There's a monster, right? Yeah, there's a monster on the side. What? And that's why I grabbed it originally, because I was like... Because you know what it reminded me of? That movie Grimm? Uh, You guys remember that movie from the 90s? 
I don't know. We'll get back to it. Anyway, I picked it up. It had, and it, it sold me too because it had like that holographic foil cover shit all over it. Oh yeah, that always gets you. Yeah, man. And that that was uh, that was how I fucking found this movie. Wow, I just found the cover you're talking about. That is grossly misleading. There's a second. There's another cover that looks like it was drawn like in the style of scary stories to tell in the dark. It's got this black and white face on it, and it's got like a house beneath it. But it's it's yeah, that's the one that I thought it was talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. A- it's all muted. It's kind of it's kind it looks kind of cool actually. Speaking of scary stories. We'll get to it and the Stephen Gamble ass shit that's in this movie. <laughs> you know, that was the first time I fucking saw it. And uh, uh, it stuck with me because it was it's first of all, it's not what I expected. I expected a creature movie and that's not what I got. Um, instead, I, I got a psychological thriller slasher question mark. You got a movie where uh, John Kramer would probably start recruiting some people. <laughs> no, totally. As Sean alluded to, although I think he would probably take some notes because I can't think of. I can't think of any time he's ever used some of these devices. <laughs> so I really like. You know, so I got it. I really liked it. And then you know, it, it just sat on the shelf. Uh, I and again, like I was at the Mahoning again, and uh, Harry from Exhumed Films was there because he has his table full of stuff. And you know, he's uh, he's with uh, Jesse from Diabolic, and he has all the DVDs on the table, Blu-rays, what have you. And I fucking saw it, and I was like, holy shit! And I didn't hear like I, I'm usually keen on the Arrow releases, and I didn't even realize they had put it out. So that was like a like a I saw it like. And I just gravitated right to it, and I was like, yep, I don't even care how much it is, I'm, I'm going to buy it. Um, and I actually watched that instead of my tape uh, for this review because I needed to see it, like, in its full form, like, its pure form. And, of course, it, it's amazing. I mean, Arrow always does a bang-up job. It's a beautiful transfer, I just have to say. Dude, it looks great. Uh, I watched it on Tubi, and I I can't say I had any issues with the quality. It looks fantastic. It's one of those things where, like, I hadn't, you know, I watched the VHS of, like, Ghostbusters so many times. Like, when I saw it for the first time on DVD, it, like, blew me away. It was like watching it for the first time again because I was like, (laughs) what have I been doing? Yeah, it's like, it's not pan and scan and, you know, you could see everything on the, the, going on on the sides. Oh, yeah. Full screen to widescreen on that is, like, fucking life-changing. Yeah, so there's not too much, there's not too much uh, trivia stuff for this. Um, The the directors, Daniel, uh, Lidowich and um, David uh, Ockverk, they haven't directed anything else. I think uh, David uh, wrote fo- wrote some movie some about zombie thugs or some shit from 2006. Mm, yes, like you do. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I was hoping there was more because I looked and I'm like, you didn't do anything after this? Really? Uh, well, again, Justin, it's funny you bring that up because like, this is one of those flicks that everybody just fucking forgot. You know? Yeah, I mean, I never even heard of it until Joe was like, hey, we should cover this. I was like, okay. Yeah, well, when you said Colobos, I was like, Colobos? Are we watching the Clash of the Titans expanded universe? Like, what are we doing? Colobos. Is Ray Fiennes going to show up and puke fire into his mouth again? Oh, Colobos, hello. Oh, Colobos. Um, you know... That's why I, I saw it. I, I picked up the blue, the arrow blue, and I was like, fuck, I forgot about this. Let's do this. And it totally, it just clicked. It made sense uh, for us to do it together. Why not? But yeah, not not too much other other than the fact that like David Collins did the effects for this and uh, Elizabeth uh, Villamarin. Uh, David Collins worked under KB for years and did like stuff like The Haunting and House on Haunted Hill and shit with KB. Um, and it shows the effects in this are, are great. Um, and Elizabeth uh, worked on May and the Land of the Lost remake and uh, just recently Wonder Woman, 1984, I believe. Either the first one or the second one. Oh, I, I've never seen May, but like I've seen clips from it. And it's something I've always been like, huh, I wonder what that's all about. So, Justin, uh, what we like to do on the show is have our guest uh, give a brief 
plot crunch of the film before we kind of get into the, uh, uh, what, what would you say, saw blades and, and, and guts today? I think that's what we're going at. No problem. I got you. I have got you perfectly. <laughs> Hook it up. They thought they'd be stars. <laughs> <laughs> they thought they have the time of their lives. They thought they knew each other. They thought wrong. Colobos. There you go. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Well, I, I have a question. Why are you not doing movie yeah. trailer voiceovers at this point? Like, I don't understand. I'm not, just hearing that. I'm like, uh huh. I've done voice work in the past, but not recently. Being serious, though. Being serious, <laughs> for real. That's it's, you should do more of it. That was stupendous. Thank you. Thank you. In a in a world where where Colobos means something else and not the word they say it is. But my favorite tagline, though, my favorite tagline is legit. When you're dead, no one can hear you scream. When I heard that shit, I literally <laughs> fell off my fucking couch. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! So we kick up this flick with uh, this ripoff fucking goblin uh, Suspiria theme. What are we doing? Yeah, God damn it! You stole it from me. You stole it from me as I'm coming back from a hiatus. I mean, we all were thinking it. Come on. <laughs> I was like, I'm sitting there, I have like a cup of coffee in my hand, I was getting everything ready, I'm like, nice of Suspiria to come by for a couple minutes here, like. But did they not think that people would notice, like, really? Right. Was the movie that hard to find at the time to watch? Dude, okay, so, Justin, I saw a movie called Samhain a long time ago, I had Richard Grieco in it, Ooh. the opening credits, no joke, just use Suspiria by Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> it was egregious, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> Well, I feel slightly better about this movie now. In that regard. How did Claudio Simonetti not fucking sue these people? Ah. Because nobody heard nobody heard of the movie, right? No one saw it. There it is. Yeah, nobody saw it, yeah. Probably it's probably he's already never heard of it, yeah. I will say it kind of fits when you get into the movie because I don't know, maybe you guys will disagree with me, but I got a pretty heavy giallo feel from a lot of this. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. It's got a mix of a of a few things, um, but definitely definitely giallo to the front of the palette for sure. Yeah, and like the the weirder giallos where you're getting visuals where you're like, I'm not sure if this is grounded in, all the way in reality anymore. Um, where it's got like some really out like some really out there imagery and some symbolism and like some uh, some like odd coloring and lighting choices. I didn't think about that when I was watching it, Sean, but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, you're right in that regard too, Connor, but I'm specifically talking about the music that Joe is bringing up, and there's a lot of, like, you don't know what this killer is. They always just see the black gloves constantly until, like, the last act. That's true too, yeah. They also have the green and red light everywhere in the fucking house. Right. Oh, yeah, man. And the blue lights just shining and strobing, so automatically, visually as well, it definitely has it there. Yeah, like, after it's all said and done, like, the influences on this movie are, like, it's gotta be just just a long list of shit, because it's it's pulling from so much, so many different things, and then, like, when you look forward, you're like, wow, this does have, like, like just a little bit of, like, this here and this here and this here. It's really good. I think it works at mostly a good effect. Um, I think this is, like, what, it, this is, has to be, like, the first reality show horror movie, like, ever? I can't think of another instance of a, of a... Of like a, this is more like Big Brother because with the hidden cameras and like because it's supposed to be like just kind of blend in because like if it was it, I, you said real world and real rules and I kind of get that vibe too yeah it's like real world meets fucking Saw before Saw was a thing yeah yeah before Saw yeah I wish I could go back in time and put Puck from the real world into a fucking reverse bear trap but alas the opportunity is gone <laughs> or the Miz yeah or the holy <laughs> shit. Oh, little pudgy boy, Miz. Tepid beginnings. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I can't think of something else like this that I've seen in the last 
two decades or so. It, nothing jumps to mind anyway. I'm well. I could think of stuff. It Halloween Resurrection jumps to my mind. Uh, well, the only thing that came to mind immediately was like a modern slasher version of House on Haunted Hill. That's what just immediately came to mind. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially when we get to uh, you know. The fucking house clamming up and shuddering to, you know, closed. And Yeah, and that's where I'm like, Jigsaw could take some pointers. And it's fucked up because it's like, do you think like a bunch of people saw this film and they and like, you know, uh, f- more famous people and they just took the fucking idea and like put it in House on Haunted Hill and put it in Halloween? Are you saying Lee Winnell and James Wan were just like, you know, starry eyed children going like, wow, dude, let's watch Colobos tonight. What a concept, James. Let's go make a movie. Oh, listen, I got a great idea, Lee. We're going to watch the, the, the Changeling and Colobos tonight <laughs> and our lives are going to be changed forever yeah and you're gonna be sitting there saying damn this music sounds really similar in both of these movies <laughs> uh but the movie opens uh with this the kind of intercutting of this woman drawing these different uh i guess you could call them disturbing images of just like flayed people and like skeletons and shit and we're cutting from that to again this like giallo-esque kind of just somebody in a black trench coat with gloves on installing as we find out later traps but it kind of at first just looks like somebody doing handiwork around their house <laughs> yeah, like they're doing their electrical work oh well gotta fix the toaster razor blades go in there trip wires go over here let me zip up my elbow length uh, leather gloves here to take care <laughs> of business <laughs> i can't leave any evidence i mean whoops <laughs> oh what and it kind of, uh, the montage kind of ends as uh, we roll into the main movie, kind of focusing on this one painting. And it's creepy, dude. Uh, these paintings are like a mix between like Clive Barker and, and Stephen Gamble uh, drawings. Because uh, Connor mentioned scary stories before. The original scary story uh, books, um, you know what? I'm talking about those are the ones that gave you fucking nightmares uh, when you read those stories. Yeah, and the art is interesting because the art has like, you find it later it's from the same person, but no two pieces look the same. No. Um, they're all vastly different ideas and styles and concepts, and, like, I kind of like all the art. I kind of like some of the art more than I like some of the movie, to be honest. I would actually have to agree with that myself. I really enjoyed the opening, actually. I was very intrigued, and it got me kind of captivated a little bit. I'm like, hey, look at this. It was very well done, uh, considering knowing what the budget would have been on this kind of thing. Like, a lot of creativity in that opening, I felt. Oh, for sure, man. I like that one in particular where there's, like, a, a family portrait, and then there's, like, this ghoul, like, eating one of the children. That one freaked me out. See, and also, like, I got to... Sh- I gotta talk to my brother because this is the kind of stuff my brother draws, um, like all the time, and he can do it in like like half asleep. And he does he just crank one out in like ten minutes. Um, I'll talk to him see if I can get a few pieces to, like to show off, but like some of it's very similar to stuff he does. Oh, totally. Okay, I thought you were going in a totally different direction with that at first. <laughs> like I gotta talk to my brother. I'm a little concerned after seeing this movie. <laughs> he was drawing artwork. He set up this house, rigged with all these cameras. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta talk to my brother. It's like, hey, I saw a movie. Kind of remind me of that weekend you had. <laughs> Did you kill five people? Maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, to Justin's point too, like, uh, speaking of the low budget, this there's a lot of great uh, cinematography in this film. Um, and we kinda, we're kind of we kind of going through, uh, you know, after this opening, it, uh, it cuts to like this alley and there's a lot of uh, POV stuff uh, where this person is walking through the rain, they get hit by a car, and then all of a sudden they end up, um, you know, in a hospital bed. Well, she gets hit by... Okay, so... A, uh, an unseen female is hit by a car, and it's all in first-person view. She also gets hit, and there is, like, a bucket of blood on the hood of the car. I'm like, that woman's dead? <laughs> but uh, they talk, this guy, the driver gets out, and he's kind of trying to calm her down, and she goes, like, she's like, Calabos? And she, he's like, what? Is that your name? I'm like, 
Why would her name... Anyway, it doesn't matter. The answer's a ring! A ring with three pearls! He was looking right directly at her. You could see in the <laughs> shot he was looking. Why did you hit her? I saw you looking, dude. I swear to God. I was like, I. he sees her standing right there. Some people just need to be hit, dude, I guess, right? Ooh. I mean, I know it's low budget, but you're 100% right. He fucking slow rolls into her. Honey, why did you drive into her? I thought she was the ghost of bloody fingers, all right? I had to kill her. <laughs> she came right out of that fucking scary stories book, man. Yeah, come on, dude. I, I see a girl covered in blood in the alley. Ghost. I mean, honestly, she probably came out of a bar. Uh, you know, there's this guy there with these pop-up funnies. <laughs> Sometimes people come out of them. I don't know. See, I got this story about a girl covered. Oh, you, where you going? Come back. I'm not. Uh, fine. This one's going right in the trash. Look, man. It's about. A, she's got a razor blade. It's called Colobos. All right. And she fell into a well. And down the bottom of this well was a bunch of razor wire. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's not that movie with the VHS. Well, maybe there is a VHS tape. <laughs> Actually, never mind. You know what? I hear lawyers coming already. We're just gonna toss this in the trash. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, don't come after me. Listen to the music in the beginning. By the way, what are you gonna do? I'm God, basically. What are you gonna do? Sue me? So, uh, so yeah, we get a lot of uh, first person uh, POV. She's in her. Uh... I I love all the, the first person stuff because it's yeah. It, right away, you get a sense that like not all is what it seems because she gets she gets hit. This guy's talking to her, and then it slowly makes its way to like a POV shot of surgeons over her. And me being working in the medical field, it drove me insane. I'm like, why are you all so fucking close together? It's like it's like those one of those creepy shots where there's like that big light over and there's like surgeons like in a circle, like Jacob's ladder kind of looking shit almost. Yes. And it's like a fisheye lens where everyone's so close together and their heads look huge, but like they're talking in a manner of like they're almost making fun of this girl. They're like they're like, oh, look at who did that. <laughs> Let me just cut your ribbons, blah, blah, blah. I'm like just Oh, your face is all fucked up. Yeah actively making fun of this person but the way it's filmed the way they're acting the way it's presented you're like is this reality or is this this person's brain firing off you know random impulses or whatever the hell it is and then just is this a is this a dream is is it a hallucination are these doctors suspicious like what's going on so who knows it's a big mystery right colobos <laughs> colobos period colobos tm so she's sitting in this bed and uh she's all bandaged up after the surgery and um I don't know. She's got like this person, you know, like a, a roommate in the a hospital that's watching like funniest home videos or some shit, uh, reading a newspaper. And um, the doc comes in with a with a detective, and she's basically like, you know, hey, hey, you you, you just woke up, but I'm gonna have this guy come in here and ask you all these questions. You ready? Here we go. And uh, the cop's like, hey, do you remember anything from what happened to you? Blah blah blah. And she's like, no, I have. She doesn't say anything actually. <laughs> and uh, you know, they leave and. Chatty Kathy next to her is like, he's like, oh, you know, uh, you know, the doctors come in and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about or whatever. But hey, you know what I like to do? I like to read the classifieds and, and see these people that have it worse than me because it makes me feel better. Look at this one. It's the plot of the movie. I'm going to read it to you. Here we go. I think she had a script, actually. I think Baldwin <laughs> dropped it off for her. It was Baldwin's newspaper. That's Baldwin in drag. Are you kidding me? He's just <laughs> there. Oh, man. He's like, it's like the alternate universe Baldwin in this case, right? Yeah. And then like, and then, but, but beneath the... Next to the bed, you can't see him because he's ducking out of sight, is John Hurd just sitting there just rubbing his hands together. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> my plan is complete. <laughs> yes, I'm back. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, this movie does a pretty great job at 
uh, telling a very non-linear story. Yes. It's it's a pretty good way to tell this story, especially the way they're trying to hide certain details as the movie progresses. Yeah, and she basically breaks it down as to, like, there's this ad in the classifieds, and it's like, hey, uh, you know, contestants wanted for this uh, film experiment thing, freeloaders, artists, and or whatever uh, need apply for to be part of this film experiment where, you know, you go into a house and we're going to videotape you just being you, um, and we're going to capture it all on VHS. And I think the best part about that reading after that is you hear the line, you can pass as a runner-up in a King Tut lookalike contest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, what a, what, first of all, what a shitty thing to say your 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 uh, your roommate in the hospital. Burn. And to piggyback off Sean's point, like the way it's filmed, the way it's being presented, I wasn't even sure who the POV character was because then you get like a you get a roll call of the of the, you know, the the characters essentially. And all you know is this is a female. You don't know who it is. They don't give you a name yet. So, and then you're presented with three. You're like, I don't know who this is. I mean, as soon as we see Kira, I'm like, okay, she's got the drawings. It's her. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but initially you're like, I don't know who this is. So I'm kind of, and, and so right from the, from the, the, there was intrigue being built in the fact that I truly didn't know what the hell was going on. For sure. And the cat kind of gets out of the bag, pretty, I mean, fairly quickly. Cause well, well, for, like Connor said, first we get like these, uh, taped like interviews of these people like submitting to be part of this experiment, right? Yeah. Like Tina. Oh, wow. The nineties called piss girl. I lovingly referred to her as, <laughs> as what piss girl, because she pisses in this guy's fucking uh, cup cause he honks. Customer 79. Yeah. Customer 79, man. He just won himself a nice lemonade. <laughs> nice warm one. I could not believe how long it lingered on her pulling the fucking cup down by her crotch. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, she's literally doing like her audition tape for this reality show at her job at the Chunky Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all connected, man. Who is the fucking kid in uh, Demonic? Mark. Mark. Yeah. yeah. That's she's Mark's her boss. He like, works the night shift. Oh, yeah. Mark's night shift. Yeah. Well. He, he's off now. He, I think he quit after he fucking had to fight that werebear. He's like, he gets a phone call. He's like, what the fuck do you mean Tina didn't come to work? <laughs> I'm going to drive your fucking chicken mobile into the river. Now he's probably like, I've, had, I've dealt with enough shit. I just had to fight a demon. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a day after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's the MDU, Connor. Oh, dude, yeah. But then we go to this other uh, chick, uh, Erica, who's an actor. And I thought it was hilarious that she does her tape like in a very obvious studio with like a fucking blue screen behind her. And she's trying to like elevate herself like on this platform. I think Erica is my favorite character in the movie. Uh, she's so fucking saucy, dude. She's like, yeah, you know, I've done a lot of questionable movies, but, you know, I'm a serious actress now. So consider me for your reality show. Well, and then she has this like that that breathy voice of like an old timey actress like she's trying to she's really trying hard to impress whoever this strange person is who's taking these tapes oh yeah she feels like she's 60 yeah exactly she's like now that i'm a legit film star i'm ready for my klaus up and then we get to uh, uh my other favorite character who is a result of what you take uh, a hydraulic press and you slam steven dorf and christian slater together <laughs> Are we talking about Tom, the comedian? We're talking about Tom, the comedian. Oh, he was my favorite character. I thought I would hate this guy, and he was cracking me up the whole time. Oh, yeah. Mr. Douchey. Oh, he's douchey, all right. Yeah, Bobby Bedhead, yep. He's fantastic. I love this guy. Well, 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 the snow bunnies have arrived. (laughs) I don't know what that should, like, piss me off, but I was laughing. I don't know. Something about it. The cadence, I guess. I I also loved his, uh, his, like... So his introductory scene is him doing a comedy show at a convention for the empowerment of women. He's telling these fucking awful ass jokes, but like, 
The staging of the show is all these women just standing shoulder to shoulder in this tiny ass space. I'm like, who directed this? The WWE? Why are you standing like that? <laughs> <laughs> He's cutting a promo, dude. Yeah. He's cutting a promo in these fucking old ass ladies in this fucking room. Oh He's awful. Who is this guy? He's terrible. I love it. Uh, also, I guess it's Christmas or something because like, I just hear Christmas music playing in the background while he's trying to hit on this other woman. Oh, yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, this cougar comes up and she's like, oh, well, hello, you're quite the funny man. <laughs> By the way, I'm a man, and that's the joke. Yeah, rough. <laughs> it's like, all right. Welcome to the 90s. Every movie has at least one joke that really just uh, makes me cringe. And uh, Tell me why you needed that. I couldn't tell you why. Again, it's the 90s. I, I don't know. I, he, I think he says a few things that were just a little like off color for like nowadays. But also like this movie came out in 99. And I just at this point, I expect it when I see a horror movie from this time period. So I just kind of it's it's completely inappropriate. But I just roll with it. Of course. No, sure. And it's not... It's not like he drops the F-bomb or anything like that. He's just like, oh, no. sorry. And then fucking, you know, 23 skadoos out of there. That's all. It is It is very brisk and very, I guess, tame in comparison to other, like, jokes of its level. But And then we meet... Uh, well, we don't meet Gary. Gare Bear. Yeah, but do we meet Gary in a... In a uh... <laughs> in a college dorm or something? Yeah. So is this pre... Uh... The Christmas, what was that? Christmas Wish? Where are the, the fucking dryer? Oh, Holiday Swap. Oh, I don't think this is the same Gary. It's it's different Gary, you think? I, it's gotta be. Well, yeah, the, well, well uh, Tiny Gary is, is, is very, is, is alive and well somewhere. <laughs> With his imaginary friends. <laughs> He's doing fine. Well, okay, first of all, all these guys, like, so, like, Erica, Tina, um, we meet Karen in a few minutes, and then Tom, all look, all convincingly look like they're in their 20s. And then Gary rolls up. I'm like, you're someone's dad. <laughs> he looks like a low budget Billy Crystal dude. <laughs> he does. Or like, a, or like a like a weird younger Howie Mandel or something. It's just he looks very strange. Yeah, kinda. Uh, yeah, he's like he's like the the film critic guy, and he's like, yeah, you know, I just really want to. <laughs> he's an intellectual. I mean, did you see the turtleneck though? I mean, that and that chin, <laughs> that chin for real though. He might as well have a pipe hanging out of his fucking mouth. That that chin and his, and his curly ass hair. You know Kubrick's interpretation of the whatever. Uh... <laughs> you know Kubrick Kubrick made The Shining because he was upset about the slaying of the Indians, but also he made that movie because he faked the moon landing and wanted to tell people about it. Yeah. Right. Did you see this can of corn in the background? Let me talk about it for ten minutes. It really speaks to me in a subversive yet uh, clandestine way that really brings out this the uh, the colors of the scene. I'm I'm glad that there's people who can make fun of that fucking documentary without actually having to name it. <laughs> you can just oh, I knew exactly what you're talking about. Come on. Yeah, exactly. No, that's that's why I think it's hysterical. Because I think if you brought Arlen or Hunter on here, they would they would follow suit too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good scene later where they kind of cut into that uh, the directors. Anyway, but the uh, the funny part about this scene is that in the background, a couple of his roommates just come in while he's doing the video and start like mooning him. Oh, yeah. And he, I guess he just like left that in there. He's like, no, I don't have time for a second tape. I'm very busy. Well, they're just being pure human beings. It's their natural state. Blah 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 blah. Tom Green's in the corner licking a fucking mouse. Feeding it to the snake. <laughs> I want to hear the cannon. <laughs> Show me the cannon. 
so yeah, then we get to Kira, and somebody's filming her, and she's like, Hi, I'm an artist. Uh, look at my drawings. Oops, I didn't mean to show you this one that makes me look like I'm a fucking crazy person. <laughs> Hello, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I draw dead things, um, and scary pictures. And I guess whoever's directing her, this, this Dorothy character, is Linnea Quigley in a very small role. I didn't even recognize her. Like, she flew right by me. Who is she supposed to be? Can someone tell me? Because I'm like, I just know her name, but I have no... Who is she? Ah! She is, uh, she's supposed to be the woman who runs this, uh, halfway house. Halfway house? Okay, okay. Yeah, for, like, you know, mentally disturbed people that I guess are trying to get back on their feet. See, they called it Harville House, I think, in the movie. Harville, yeah. Here's the thing. In Jersey, there is a halfway home called Harbor House. I thought they said Harbor House, and it almost knocked me on my ass. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing with that, and I don't necessarily want to give the ending away, but I'm assuming people have at least watched this, but if not, I'll... Try not to spoil it. I don't even know if this Dorothy character actually exists, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that until now because I was questioning her existence. Like, I was questioning, like Justin just said, I don't know who she is or what she does. But there's some inclinations later on that, like, maybe none of this shit happened. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to the. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a big final thought and, like, interpretations of this film. But, yeah, she's, like, showing Kira out as she's about to get picked up to go on this reality show. Man, Tina looks like she just fell out of a fucking Aqua music video. Dude, Spencer's chick. Yeah, dude, straight up. She looks like someone on the cover of an Eve 6 album. She's wearing caffeine. She's got those uh, pigtails in with those, like, sparkly ball uh, uh, hair ties and, like, a... The purple lipstick? Yeah. 90s as fuck, dude. She's got jewels on her eyelids. <laughs> I, uh... I hated this fucking character <laughs> so much. So much. I, I like her. She's fine. She's the fun one. I'm glad she was the first to go. There it is, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, when you when you, when you you piss into a cup at a fast food restaurant on camera, you start to lose me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm like, yeah. But I was like, okay, well, that was kind of fucked up. But okay, she's like a teenager or a young adult. Sure. She hates her job. She doesn't care. Yeah, but then when she gets in the car and she's like, oh, you're from the Wacko Shacko? Whatever the fuck it is, the Wacky Shack? Yeah. She's like, yeah. Oh, I didn't mean to offend you. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That place only holds psychos and serial killers. Oh, oops. <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling you crazy for the rest of the movie, okay? Oh, and a uh, quick side note. While I was watching this movie on my Xbox, I could not figure out for the life of me how to turn the subtitles off, so I had that added bonus the entire film. Oh, sweet, yeah. All the uh, rustling trees and doors <laughs> open, doors close. I, I've got one later on because I watched it on Tubi. It described an action happening off screen. <laughs> but, like, not an action that you needed to know about. It was the funniest fucking thing. Like, <laughs> so Just real quick before we... I, I mean, this doesn't happen again until later in the film, but we cut back to the hospital, and... Uh, um, we get the doctor coming in again with some other consultive doctor, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, she she was a cutter or whatever. And, and she's like, well, how do you know? She's like, well, because uh, she's got fucking cut marks all over her wrists and shit. Like, she tried to slit her wrist before, um, and they're trying to see if, like, the uh, face wounds she has were self-inflicted or not. And she's like, that. he's like, that's crazy. Uh she, there's no way she could have did that herself because it was so painful. And she's like, and the other doc's like, oh, what is she on? She must have been on drugs. And he's like, nah, she was clean. And uh, he's like, well, is there anything else that I should know or whatever? And she's like, well, she kept saying Colobos, uh when she came in. And he's like, those monkeys? And he's like, wait, 
What does colobos mean? I don't know. I guess I should have got a dictionary instead of, you know, being a doctor or whatever. Thousands and thousands of dollars. <laughs> you should have just went and bought a fucking $2 dictionary, bro. Yeah, and also, like, he's a character in the... I think the detective, like... They, they they both get, I guess, uh, uh, Joe Estevez out of the movie. Like, as soon as they show up, like... Oh, yeah. Detective shows up, he's like, what happened? Cool. Bye. <laughs> Gone. Go home, detective. Yeah, go home. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, Doc. Real quick, Colombos in Greek means cut short. So... It also refers to a genus of monkey that were that don't have opposable thumbs. And the term colobos is referring to a mutilated or cut short appearance of their hands. There it is. There it is. Because they seem mutilated in the movie, if I'm correct in saying so. Yeah. Yes. And, but it's referring to a, a the, like the first dictionary, like the first dictionary, the first meaning you come up if you Google it is referring to like a genus of monkey. And they, the mutilated aspect of it is because their thumbs just didn't grow. So they have this weird stunted look on their hands. Yeah. Zeus did it, man. He cut it off. You know? Yeah. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm fucking Zeus. I'm a dickhead. Just I just wanted to bring that up because it's, I mean, it's the name of the fucking movie for Christ's sake, but like, yeah. the, you know, it comes up a lot and what it means and how it's. Can you imagine if this movie was actually a hit and people trying to pronounce it? Oh, yeah. When they talked about it, to talk about it. Colobos. Colobos. You, okay, you're both being generous. I worked at three movie theaters, all right? <laughs> the things I heard come out of people's mouth. I had someone walk up and me go, I'll take one for the conjuring. <laughs> oh, my God. Colobus. <laughs> Calibus. Calibus, take one for Calibus? <laughs> I'll have a Calibus, please. I'll take two for calisthenics. One ticket to Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> After we get that little uh, flashback to the hospital, we go back to the events that already happened, and she's in the car, and they pull up to this house, and uh, fucking comedian guy's already there, and this is where he drops that Snow Bunnies line Justin uh, was saying earlier. <laughs> And, he, and then he calls himself, he's like, oh, I'm a gangster of love. You need any help, ladies? And they're like, get the fuck away from me, you creepazoid. While uh, Tina, she's like, oh, take my keys, don't scratch the paint. Yeah, because he's like, I'll bring, I'll bring all your bags in. This girl's crazy. Make it with her instead of me. She's out of, out of her mind. Well, she runs in, and she screams, and then Kira and Tom are like, oh, shit, and they run into the house, and she's just, like, jumping on the couch like a fucking 10-year-old. Like, this is the bomb! Oh, I made my family disappear! I love when she says this is the bomb. I'm like, yep, I'm in the 90s. <laughs> oh, dude, just to let you know, just to remind you. They have a fucking coffee table that also functions as a fish tank. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. I swear to God, I didn't know that existed when I saw that i was like can i can i get that now it's pretty awesome dude please i i would like to know how they feed the fish is there like a part that comes out at the top or are the fish all dead like disco stews <laughs> disco stews shoes? yeah in the simpsons yeah <laughs> i was gonna bring up those platforms dude because weren't those a thing in the 90s the the, the the fish swimming in them oh like a resurgence yeah maybe yeah spice girls man the platforms yeah. Which is probably why The Simpsons made fun of it. Disco Stew can't feed his fish. <laughs> cool idea, though. Uh, and then they're just basically, like, checking the house out. And like you guys were saying earlier, it's kind of like a Big Brother kind of setup. Um, and they, they, there's, like, an upstairs and a basement. And it's uh open floor plan. And they're kind of walking around checking the rooms out. I, I did love that, like, as they're going to the house, it's kind of, it's like the camera's moving backwards. And it's uh, Kira and Tom looking in the rooms, and Tom, his crotch might as well be magnetized. <laughs> he is attached to Kira's backside the whole time. Like, he doesn't leave her side as they're looking in rooms. It's so funny. Oh, man. 
they, they, you know, they go through the house, and it turns out that Erica and uh, Gary are there, and they, like, play a goof on him in the basement with these mannequins that are there for some reason. You know who Erica reminds me of? She, she reminds me of What's-Her-Face from Friday Part 7. Tina! Not Tina, the, the bully, the one who's like, oh, ha, 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 the one who gets a fucking axe in the head. Oh, jeez, I don't remember. There's a lot of those in that series. I was thinking a second-rate Natasha Henstridge myself. Yeah, Justin, this is before Natasha gets in that fucking cocoon, you think? Maybe. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> So, yeah, they freak them out, and they have this, like, awful fucking dance scene <laughs> where they bond, question mark. Um, yeah, but then we have, like, this weird scene where Kira's upstairs just drawing, kind of staying to herself, and then Tina keeps, like, harassing her. She's fucking going through her things, dude. She's like, yeah, yeah I'll just unpack your stuff for you. Your medicine bag, by the way, not <laughs> like her suitcase. Yeah, the toiletry bag, yeah. Kira's drawing like she's drawing by herself uh like she can't hear she can't hear tina for some reason like she's she's too far away so tina's like should i unpack your stuff nothing (laughs) okay yes and just starts unpacking her stuff i'm nosy here i go yeah and then pulls out her medication and that's when kira kind of steps up and she's like the fuck bro yeah i was almost expecting her to take a couple right not gonna lie i thought that's exactly what was gonna happen she's like oh dude are those like are those those kind of pills wink wink those kind of crazy pills all right (laughs) let's party but uh, she doesn't. Slam cut to her seizuring on the ground, foam coming out of her mouth. Oh, oh no! <laughs> she's like, what are you, some kind of head case? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, she's like, no, it's anxiety medicine. Tina, you're a fucking head case. Yeah, but she's like, oh, you came from that fucking Havel house, right? You crazy? That's right. You're like a fucking psycho or some shit, aren't you? She's like, nope, um... I'm all right. Why don't you just go downstairs? I'm fine. I'm not an alien. You can let me inside now, all right? I didn't tie a noose up behind me. (laughs) I'm all better now. There's no spaceship in the basement. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's why the basement door's locked, because the fucking player's down there. Watch Gary, okay? He was around the dogs a lot. Watch Gary. So she goes downstairs and she tells everybody. She's like, she's fucking crazy, man. She was from that psycho house. She's taking pills. I do like that at least two people in the room are like, that's fucked up. Why'd you do that? Yeah. And Tom being the douche comedian is like, <laughs> serial killers. <laughs> oh, man, this feels like an episode of Jerry Springer. 90s. Yeah, f- fucking somebody play the air horn sound. So... You know, Kira's by herself, and the fucking TV flips on, and Meatloaf comes on the TV, and he starts... Hello, I'd like to play a game, Kira. You ever listen to Bad Out of Hell? And then he starts, like, cutting his fucking face off. I would do anything. (laughs) Slice full of love. (laughs) Slice. But I won't do this. <laughs> and then it just cuts off. Do you think he ate the slices or threw them away? I think he ate them. Oh, we're talking about meatloaf, dude. He's boiling them up. He throws them in the air fryer. Actually, that'd be too healthy. He deep fries them. What you can't see is like the, the, the skillet beneath him. He's just fucking laying it down, just like pouring bacon grease into the pan. <laughs> Frying it up, making some fucking meatloaf chicharrones. Today, Calabos bacon exists. <laughs> So she sees the screen, and it's like, it's this dude on screen who, I don't know, he looks kind of, you know, he's got, like, mid-facial procedure, and he's like, Calabos, today you exist, and he just fucking peels a piece of skin off his face, and just, like, the camera cuts out. Let's say cut short every time Calabos comes up. Calabos, it gets cut. <laughs> yeah, just cut short is coming! The monkeys with no thumbs, they're coming! To get cut short, the, the monkey's thumbs! But then they, like, order food, and, like, it's, it, it gets there. The fucking director brings it of this show. Right, oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, what's this, what's this Erica chick have a problem with food, man? She was like, why don't we do something more interesting? I'm like, what do you mean? Are you not hungry? Do you not eat to live? What the fuck is wrong with you? I, I sustain myself on act 
crafting. On crackers. Let's do something constructive. Yeah, and both guys look at her like they want to fuck. <laughs> Let's stage a scene. <laughs> we're, we're all hungry. Pretend we're all hungry. That's We'll do it that way. But then we won't eat. You get it? The food is a metaphor. <laughs> Well, basically, like, Tina, she comes up and tells Kira that, you know, like, the director came with these pizzas. But as she's, like, kind of getting herself, like, ready in the bathroom, she has, like, a vision of that meatloaf motherfucker, like, for, like, a half a second, like, Bloody Mary or something. Oh, dude, Barry White shows up in the fucking shadows. Is it all, like, singers, like, haunting this house? <laughs> yeah, Yanni's there. George C. Scott's yeah. there. <laughs> well, Yan- Yanni's got to come and crack the case, dude. Right, he comes after everything's said and done. Yeah. It was Billy Joe in the mirror. It's like, it's just a fantasy. <laughs> no, that's Michael. Jackson. <laughs> I'm talking with Kira in the mirror. Yeah, so she comes down, and we, we had seen this scene earlier in a kind of a montage when she's first brought to the hospital. And this guy's basically like, okay, yeah, are you guys all sure you want to do it? Because uh, once you agree, we can't have any contact. Let the danger-tainment begin. And then he's like, all right, here's your pizzas, see ya. Here's your tape recorders. What? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we'll get to it, but there's, like, cameras in the fucking shower and shit. I'm like, excuse you? But then we get this kind of uh, clue that Erica and the director are together because they kind of walk out and are kind of re- getting real close to each other. And it, it could be interpreted a couple different ways because she could just be like a star or whatever. I felt the performances clearly showed that they were in a relationship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Basically, there's everything but give him a kiss on the way out. And he's like, all right, I'm going to be in my trailer. And uh, I really love how they do this uh, shot where you cut back to like the trailer where the monitors are for all the cameras. And at first, I'm sitting there like, oh, shit, is somebody already in there? Because, you know, like sometimes the camera you're just assuming is the POV of the killer. But not in this particular case. It just, uh, they do this cool thing where he comes in, you just kind of hear him in the background, the lights pop on, and he sits down. And this motherfucker, he doesn't, he doesn't even pay attention to what they're doing. He just grabs a book. Yeah, he's reading like fucking, what is it, uh, Rebel Without a Crew. Isn't that the book that he's reading? No, he's reading a book called The Making of El Matador. Oh, it's a fucking, it's a riff on that, man. Oh, okay, I didn't realize that. And then when the monitors comes on, it goes, hello, Zep. <laughs> hello, Carl. Hello, Carl. So it turns out that I'm, common, I'm commandeering your house full of traps. <laughs> I heard you were putting a house full of traps in my neighborhood. I have to sue you. <laughs> you uh, you're infringing on Jigsaw. TM. I don't know if you know this, but I bought this whole fucking city in a housing project, okay? <laughs> I, I, you didn't sign up as an apprentice. By the way, I'm Conor McGraw. I know everything about Saw, so please ask me. <laughs> what I just said was canonical. John Kramer was just a, a rich maniac, is what he was. He, that's exactly what he was, but that's a different show. He's like reverse Batman. Yes, he's fucking wacko. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so they're all around the fucking table, and, uh, they, they're, they're like, oh, uh, you're an artist, right, Kira? And she's like, who told you that? You're like, I don't know. I heard it on your audition tape. You brought a giant book of fucking pictures. What are you talking about? We listen to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying with this, like, relationship with her and Carl or Alex or whatever the fuck his name is. Uh, that, you know, obviously he gave her the scoop and she knows what everybody's all about. Because she's even, like, going off on Tom because he kind of makes a sexual joke. And she's like, yeah, what are you, the kind of comedian that I can't even remember what she says. She basically just belittles him, essentially. And he's like, all right, you won this round. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She calls him, like, the fart joke making comedian and, like, implies he's just chasing tail. I mean, let's face it. He, she's making the small dick analogy. That's how I read it. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, straight up. Yes, that that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he kind of, like, knowing that she's not interested in his shit, he's like, 
Okay, touche. You get that round. Yeah, she says some shit like, uh, did, you, did you start telling jokes because you didn't want to get your ass kicked on the playground or because uh, some other reason? I was like, I feel seen. This is where you really start to get the idea with this character. Like, if the intro of her wasn't already uh, apparent that she's really up her own ass, now it's like, oh, when I was in elementary school, I played Tinkerbell and Peter Pan and I just knew I was going to be an actress from then on. They're like, okay. <laughs> you want to watch my horror movies? All six of them. <laughs> And doesn't doesn't Tom say something like, "Oh, just trying to be the center of attention, aren't you?" Like, I feel I feel like someone makes a comment about that. Right, and that's when she flips it on her. Yeah, that's how they start going back and forth. But uh, Kira, Kira busts out her book after like everybody like forces her to show her show them her art. I gotta tell you, this I relate to this on a personal level because I have books of art that no one's allowed to see because a lot of it's like when i was like 14 and shit but like it's stuff that like i look back on and be like yeah don't ever be like this ever again but like it's and then to be at a table where people are like let me see let me see oh it gave it made my skin crawl yeah but like you know later on you find out like eh, well you're not exactly well all that well put together but like no kidding see i'm the opposite i'm like oh yeah please somebody look at this <laughs> yeah no oh no that <laughs> for the love of god retweet this <laughs> honestly maybe there would be some red flags in those but um but yeah no like i have lots of art that no one's ever seen that no one's ever gonna see because it is it's personal sure so yeah watching this i was like ooh man feeling for that girl right now but she also like in a previous scene when she's still with linea quigley she's uh she's like folding all of the uh, more disturbing images back so that they're harder to kind of get access to yes and like Funny enough, I have actually gone through and tossed out a bunch of stuff where I was like, this is representative of a person I'm no longer, you know, I no longer am, so I got rid of him. Um, so yeah, it was weird to see this scene, like, just resonate with me so, so, so well and made me so effectively uncomfortable, which I think maybe was the point for some, you know, maybe some artists out there. Oh, totally. Yeah, it worked. And, it, it, you know, for this five-minute period, I was like, oh, God, leave her alone. <laughs> well, yeah, especially stuff that you might be ashamed of or, or you yeah. know, you, how, how people are going to react to it because it's, it's quote-unquote weird you know yeah like some of that is like you know if you suck the context out like some of that could be the reflection of just a very bad day yeah or a very bad time or just just venting out a very specific emotion and like to have like to have leering eyes on it who don't get it would just be so it's it's so exposing it makes you feel so vulnerable yeah it's just i was well yeah but they'd also encapsulate you as that like straight up yeah exactly they're like oh is this what you are yep i guess you're fucking nuts i guess you're crazy (laughs) shh don't tell anyone i can't let you leave this house what (laughs) so so they look through fucking steven gamble's sketchbook and they're like what the fuck is what is this and jen she freaks out and runs away upstairs she like there's it like cuts and she's like fallen asleep on her bed and like this is a this was a creepy scene because she drops her fucking drawing pad and it gets like slowly pulled under the bed yeah oh yeah that was a great overhead shot i really enjoyed that a lot actually yeah the way they went to the found footage style and everything like that oh i actually really enjoyed that yeah man i i like how because this movie cuts back to like uh the like monitor vision quote unquote where it's like a staticky kind of like vhs uh monitor uh but trantor's under that fucking bed no it's meatloaf again and he goes to grab her <laughs> and he like touches her hand i'd lie for you and then that's the truth. I can see paradise. Don't ask me why I know so many choruses to Meat Love songs. Play my mother. <laughs> She's counting up a lot tonight. <laughs> yeah, in ways I wish she didn't. <laughs> Erica makes everybody watch her fucking shitty movies. Like, what is it? The Slaughterhouse Factor? Dude, I want to see the Slaughterhouse Factor. I I do, too. It looks like bad, like, SOV stuff. Sign me up. Funny. Funny Van Druven. <laughs> um, I also like that, uh, like, Tom is like, yeah, that's Friday the 13th. She's like, no, 
there's a female killer. He's like, yeah, fucking Friday Thirteenth, duh. No, <laughs> right, exactly. That was that was a pretty good commentary. But no, that was Jason. <laughs> duh, Jason, Jason. I've seen that movie a hundred times. <laughs> and then Drew Barrymore's boyfriend gets killed. Yeah, got him like a fish. There you go. And then I love how Gary's in the couch, like, no, no, yeah, I love blah 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 artistic blah 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 blah. I love how it cuts to Tom, and he's like. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, because the scene he's 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 like filleting basically, is just a scene where someone gets an axe to the chest and they fall over, and Gary's like, oh, the juxtaposition of this scene and that scene, and oh, the way uh, uh, the emotional resonance and blah blah blah, uh, 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 the way it tells the story of your character's arc and the emo- yeah. You obviously don't understand cinema. <laughs> Yeah, and Tom's like just eating popcorn, like what the fuck ever, He's like, this dude. Movie's like, shitty. What are you talking about? Yeah, this movie sucks. What are you doing, Gary? Gary's trying to fuck is what he's trying to do. Stop trying to get laid. It's embarrassing. <laughs> There's a question here. There's a question here, though. I heard a wine cellar earlier in the description of this house. Why were they all sitting there drinking soda? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. For real? It's the 90s. I know Tina's doing poppers or some shit, right? She's got fucking, I don't know what. Uh, She's got some Coke or something. Tina probably definitely, most likely, absolutely had a Coke nail. Um, we just didn't. We never got to see it. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Speaking of soda, <laughs> yeah, they're on like they're on like slaughterhouse factor like four or some shit, and everybody's asleep. Yeah, and Erica's like, "Hey, uh, Tina, since you're getting up, even though she's seated on the couch, uh, can you grab me a soda if there are any left?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay." And uh, the movie's like, you know what? I think we've done enough uh, setting up. Let's get this bitch rolling. <laughs> Thirty-six minutes. Guys, we've done some developing. We're going to get right into the crazy-ass shit. 36 minutes. <laughs> I swear to God. We probably could have cut that in half because I actually do like a lot of what this movie's doing, but I agree it was a little too long. The thing is, though, it did... This happens as I was starting to feel like, all right, let's move this along. Yeah. Shit, yeah, it's on that teetering point, right? Yeah. And it brings the good straight up. Uh, Holy shit, I was... Not, when I was talking to you guys last night and I, I i was like setting all this shit up and doing tests and sent you guys a text like oh my god what is happening in this movie this is what i was referring to specifically <laughs> she goes to get a soda and she tries to like open up uh, a pantry door or we find out later it's the basement door she tries to open it up and a fucking saw blade shoots out of the floor dude from the table or whatever impaling her <laughs> like sideways <laughs> it cuts her right across the chest so like it fires up diagonally and gets her a like from the, like, the hip to the shoulder. And she's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what the fuck indeed? How did that happen? <laughs> uh, I also really appreciate that there was no, like, stinger on that. It just, like, happens and you're like, oh, whoa, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, there's no, no warning. There's no, there's no, there's no violins being set on fire. There's no cat. There's no, ah! like sound effect yeah but i was i was waiting for it though i have to admit because i literally checked the time on it and said this is 36 minutes are they trying to break the convention of the genre or just being fucking lazy what's going on here give it to me and then seriously as soon as i thought that in my head it happened and then it didn't just happen once then the other fucking cupboard opens again and gets her again Again? Oh, man. A fucking sword or something pops out and gets her across the belly. Well, it's another it's another blade, but it cuts her like a fucking pizza slicer. It's like a saw blade launcher with, like, a laser sight on it. Okay, it reminded me of those t those turtles figures that you got that you could fire, like, little pizzas. The pizzas, yeah. Oh, my God, the, di the disc pizzas out of the, the chest piece, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes! yes Dude, remind yes! me, because I'm pretty sure I still have one. Just remind me. Put a pin in that. I had one for a long time. It's gone now. But yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And like <laughs> pizza time. When Jigsaw could take some pointers, like 
He's never employed machinery this fucking clean. Jigsaw shit is always mangled and fucking rusted and shitty looking. Like uh, I found mine in a dumpster. I, what? This is all clean, man. They they put out the spread for this bitch. I mean, <laughs> they paid. They paid. Oh well, I I I bought a bunch of industrial parks, and this is what I have to work with. Spared no expense, dude. This is funded by John Hammond, dude. The two Johns. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're working together. Kramer and Hammond. Yeah, Johnny Johnny Saws. <laughs> Johnny Saws. I kind of love how they do this. Uh, special effect though where she got cut across the stomach and you just see all her fucking guts start pouring out and she's trying to push him back in that close-up yes they do the close-up of like her her, her flesh separating and she's like trying to yeah trying to push them back in i was like Ugh. it's like pushing it's like pushing out dude it's gross <laughs> it's awesome yeah well you know alan grant's over there like yeah and then this thing will spill your intestines you know <laughs> <laughs> maybe slicing you across the belly <laughs> spilling your intestines yeah i think someone even says when they go to like when they when she's discovered they're like what do you want me to do push her guts back in <laughs> and he's like yeah get a towel or some shit maybe let's put a towel over her, yeah. you know let's put a towel on her i'm waiting for the wound to coagulate man i don't know i gotta say i really thought this was a realistic response to the whole situation that they were put in oh totally oh this this is uh once the movie got like rolling yeah Again, like what Justin said, like once, like at, at that point, like when you're, when you, when it finally hits the fan, I'm like, oh shit, like, and it doesn't let up. I mean, which is a little unfortunate because I do like, uh, like I said, a lot of that setup. It gets a little slow once you start getting towards 30 minutes and nothing's really happening. But I wonder how many people just like gave up on it before we got this far. That might have been the case too, man. It went and it's not like tested well, probably. I think the staging before this all happens is it, it is long, but when like. But when the payoff is someone gets a fucking when they get booby trapped twice in a kitchen with by just cabinets and like appliances, you're like, okay, thirty six minutes well spent. <laughs> that restraint, I mean, that restraint benefits the film to the highest degree. I feel like yes, it does. But if you're not aware of what you're getting, that's when you might walk out the door. Yeah, yeah. I think they took chances in this movie. Like, I'm going to give them a lot of credit because of the fact that hey, they waited that much time. They're doing the Jaws effect, you know, and they're don't show the monster until whatever don't give them what they want until that point in the movie and then when they do it's unrelenting it's fucking brutal and it's so lovely <laughs> so i'm like okay i'm good <laughs> yeah and then as as a viewer like for me at you know roughly 40 minutes in in what is what this is like an hour and a half 90 minutes yeah something like that to me in my head like just by by like assessing the pace i'm like okay from this point forward it should be all goods like I shouldn't have to worry about the movie losing its pace. Oh yeah. So like from that point on, I was in. Like I was strapped in. I was like, fuck yeah. Because then like later on, some of the more sh- like the other kills in this movie are fucking out of this world. Sometimes like <laughs> the one in the shower particularly resonated because just because like Woo! we'll get to Woo-hoo. it. Yeah, please. I'm 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 getting wet in the pants. Seriously, I'm not even gonna lie. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's like basically bisected on the fucking ground and then all of a sudden uh uh hill house fucking starts clamming up dude like steel uh shutters start closing all over the windows and the doors and shit oh yeah and locks everybody inside jeffrey rush is like i didn't do that (laughs) well it's like panic room but it's the whole house yeah or the purge or something like that again jigsaw pointers why give your guys an escape route just seal off the whole fucking building i know this wasn't mentioned yet but i have to interject here while we're talking about the house yeah 
Did anyone else think when you first saw the house that, that the, the vision of that house and the design is very memorable? I thought it looked fucking yeah. awesome. I'm like, I want to know that that house still exists now. Yeah, kind of. Isn't it? It's almost like in a horseshoe shape, is it not? Yeah, it, it's very 90s, but it, it, the way that it's set and the way that it's shot, it's got a very memorable look. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm re- maybe I'm reaching real deep here with that, but... I don't, I don't think so. I agree, because the way it's filmed, at least, makes it look like it's fucking huge. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you have a lot of room to play around this concept and like from budgetary reasons like you don't get anything that's too like you don't get a room you don't get a floor made of lawnmowers saw seven <laughs> and like like anything too insane but you get a, a layout that's big enough to the point where you can have people run from place to place and you don't feel like you're seeing the same things over and over again you don't feel like you're kind of trapped like you don't get that claustrophobic like i'm just looking at the same shit over and over again feeling like the, all the rooms felt distinct but it also works yes it works totally well because now the dilemma is all right now they know the house has something fucked up with it because like they keep yelling at the cameras and they get no reaction in fact they actually see that the cameras are still rolling and getting all this yeah and they're like, we're being filmed. Ah, this is crazy. Actually, in a few minutes, this movie reminded me of a movie called Mind Hunters with Val Kilmer and Christian Slater. Holy shit. Is that early 90s? And that is 2004, I think. Um, it's about a bunch of profilers who go to an island for a field test. And it turns out that, like, someone, it may be among them or someone from outside their team, has rigged the island with booby traps and is picking them, puck, picking them off one by one. Oh, that sounds fun. It's, pre- it's pretty fucking fun. Someone gets killed by liquid nitrogen. Is this pre or post uh, fat boy Val Kilmer? I have to ask, though. Uh, it's it's pre. It's He's not in the movie too much, but it's pre. Yeah, he's... But, uh, yeah, like, something something happens to a character in that movie that is very reminiscent of what happens to the director. Oh, God. We'll get to him in a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, first, they kind of have a debate who's going to get the towels to try to, you know, sop up some of this blood on Tina. So, so, we got to put Tiffany... We got to put Tina back together. Somebody get some towels. <laughs> Somebody get towels and duct tape. And uh, at this point, too, Kira starts kind of freaking out heavy duty because she can't find her medication. And she's kind of doing this, like, chant to get herself calm. Meditation, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so so Gary and Erica go upstairs to get towels. And, you know, they do a really good job of making walking around this house creepy as hell. Because I'm just sitting there thinking, like, hey, it's just a house. Just fucking go get the towels. But then I'm, like, also sitting here saying, you know what? I'd probably be fucking creeping around, too, after that. Well, there's fucking saw blades shooting out of places, man. Yeah. <laughs> So then they're they're walking around upstairs and they find this room where they think there's towels. I guess it's the bathroom. When they go to and like Tom runs up and starts slam with slamming the fucking lamppost. I'm like, go Tom. Tom is like, get me the fuck out of this house. Yeah, they freak out and they're like, look, we're not getting out of here until we until we bandage up uh, Tina. So yeah, then they then they go get the towels and they open up this fucking closet and they flick the light on and it like explodes and. I guess that was hooked up to the entirety of the house because all of a sudden it turns into Suspiria land. There's like red and blue lights flashing all over the place. (laughs) 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 Claudio's in the back on his little fucking synth. They they open the closet and he's just there on his fucking keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) We bought about 15 strobe lights from Spencer Gifts for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. Tina brought in, that's all she brought in her fucking suitcase was all these fucking strobe lights, so he just rigged them up, like, as a goof. Maybe. She's like, where's my strobe lights? (laughs) It also looks like there's, like, mogwai multiplying all over the fucking house, dude. So then, uh, Tom goes to turn the TV off, because they keep hearing, like, screams from Erica's fucking movie, and it's freaking them out. And Kira, I I don't know, there's some kind of time, uh, desolation or something, or it's all in her head, but she just gets 
freaked out that he's not answering her and then she sees like uh, she sees tina on the ground and then like her face is gone she sees she keeps seeing like faceless people throughout the movie she sees yeah all the cast of characters with no faces herself yeah there's a so there's a recurring faceless motif in this movie um she keeps some of her drawings have people with no faces she keeps seeing the characters with no faces and the one thing that that uh Mr. Cut Short, Mr. Abruptly Cut Short, you, you know. Meatloaf. It's Meatloaf. Meatloaf, yeah. The one thing he keeps doing is cutting his face off in those fucking videos, and he keeps saying, Calabos, now you exist. So, yeah, there's a recurring motif of facelessness in this movie. Well, if, I, if I'm correct in saying so, the main villain in the movie is named Faceless. Oh, yes, he is. He is. In the credits, he's, yeah, they refer to him as Faceless. But he has a face. It's just skinless. They should call him Skinless. <laughs> he should, they should call him Face. Off. Sorry. <laughs> meatless is instead of loaf. Me oh god, meatless. <laughs> That's me. I'm meatless. I'm a skeleton. I'm suing Colobos. <laughs> so they, they you know, she she freaks out. They, they, they come back down. Fucking Tina's body is gone. They're like, what'd you what did you do? When, when did you do with the body? It's a Resident Evil game. Yeah. <laughs> Hope this isn't Chris's blood. Hope this isn't Tina's blood. You know, we start hearing her talking and it's like, oh, there's a TV playing inside, and I I thought it was footage playing, right? Or that's what it sounds like, like, because everybody's being recorded. So they go into this other room, the dining room, and this fucking platter is on the table. And they go over to this platter and they peel it off and it's fucking Tina's head wrapped in her intestines with this tape recorder in there. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Kira plays in. It's like, hello, hello, Erica. Hello, Tom. Hello, Kira. Hello, Kira. Do you want to play a game? Do you know which Jigsaw I am? There's been five of me. <laughs> I could be Logan, I could be Hoffman, I could be Amanda, I could be John. Meatloaf is the answer. Meat- <laughs> Meatloaf is the sixth six Jigsaw apprentice. <laughs> the sixth Jigsaw. Sixsaw, anyway. Sixsaw, yeah. So then they kind of realize they can't get the fuck out of there. There's like a laser, yeah, again, like... The, the- yeah, that's where, yeah, Tom tries to, like, basically just, like, say fuck it and tries to get out, and he steps... Almost directly in the path of, like, a laser tripwire. Again, jigsaw, pointers, man. Use laser wires, okay? <laughs> um, use laser trip uh, trip lasers. Um, and, like, Erica slowly pulls him back, and, like, you see a, a shot of, like, uh, like one of, those, one of those razor, like, discs kind of, like, unfolding from some device. And as soon as he... It's ready to kill. Oh, yeah. Cue the fucking chopping mall theme, yeah. Yeah, and so she kind of pulls him back, and it, like, it recedes. So, yeah, you get more of an idea of, like, the imminent danger that could be in this house, because... They don't show you a whole bunch of traps, but the implication here is that they're fucking everywhere, so it works. Yeah. Specifically the kitchen, though. Let's be, let's be real. Well, yeah, that's where the sharpest things are, so it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it does build that suspense on the rest of the house, though. I think that the movie does a great job when it shit starts to hit the fan yeah. to let you know this stuff could be anywhere in the entire house. So you actually, as a viewer, you're like, man, this shit could be anywhere. Yeah, and actually, um, I'll post about this, but there was a guy who is dead now because he was killed by one of his own trap shotguns. He hid, like, 26, 27 trap shotguns in his house. I don't think his house is available to be bought or demolished, because I think two of the shotguns are uh, have so far been unlocated. They don't know where they are. That's terrifying. It is terrifying, but yeah, I think this guy was killed by one of his own trap shotguns, and that's how they found this whole this whole nightmare house out. I'll look into it. I'll probably post about it. What is he hiding in there? I have no idea. I think he had some case of paranoia, but it, like it, he, but he hid them in like doorways and cabinets and fucking everything. So, <laughs> could you imagine like just forgetting that you had a shotgun? <laughs> and you're like, Yo, I'm just getting my fucking cornflakes. You're gonna take a shit and the fucking shit <laughs> right through your ass. Shotgun pops out right. Through 
through your ass. I forgot I put that there. Shit. <laughs> oh, that's where's my favorite hat? Oh, it's on the top shelf. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I, Sean. I, as funny as it would be for him to say that, I don't know if you have time to really forget after you sit down and take a shotgun like a like a twelve gauge to the ass cheeks. Like, <laughs> that would go right fucking oh, through you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they hear a fucking TV on again because we're, we're you know they hear uh, Carl screaming. They're like, oh my god, Carl! And they like go see and it's a fucking TV and it's Carl wrapped up like a fucking Dexter victim. Carl! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that out of my system. Continue. Carl! <laughs> He's wrapped up like a Dexter victim and uh, the uh, the leather-gloved killer's like wrapping his head in saran wrap and then slits his fucking... The saran wrap looks expensive, honey. <laughs> Using too much. That was my fucking Glade cling, you prick. He used a lot of saran wrap on this guy. He could have used a tarp. And called it a day. A sheet! Could he use rope? Called it a day. Especially if your objective was just to stab the guy, because he wraps him up and, like, doesn't asphyxiate him. He just stabs him. Right in the throat. <laughs> Could just stab him, dude. Just stab him. Why wrap his face? Just stab Just get it over with. Well, you know, the killer had a plan. They're going to injure this guy to the point where he could die. He could die. However, the real, uh kicker is that then they were hung on the ceiling like idle hands or some shit, and the whole... T- the whole tarp is filled with his blood, so he can't breathe either. It looks like Edgar Bug fucking stuck him up there, man. <laughs> it looks like that the 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 uh, the theater worker from the Blob got fucking stuck to the ceiling. Like, <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, that one too. Yeah, all all of those fit because he is just fucking stuck to the ceiling. Um, and they they bring him down and they rip open the uh the the, the face part like fucking Frodo when 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 Sam finds him after <laughs> Shelob takes care of him. I will say this uh this killer is very crafty and works very fast. Yeah. Well, we'll g- we'll get to that towards the end because that might actually be one of the problems I have with this movie. But it's uh we'll talk about it. Who did this? Calabos. 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 Is that how you say Calab Calabos? Calabos. He goes Calabos. They go what? Oh, Cal Cal Calabos. That they're Calabot. The Calabot. <laughs> Calabones. What's he talking about? There's a pocket dictionary in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're doomed. His bat. His butt's against the ceiling. It's all Greek. I don't know, man. Dave, you speak Greek? Yeah, Gary, where is he? <laughs> so then uh, Erica, this is where she starts calling him Alex, and they're like, whoa, whoa, what the- I thought it was Carl, what the fuck? What do you know, lady? Twist number one. And then she's like, oh, oh no, no, we were both actors, and it was supposed to be easy money. I don't know about what's going on. Dude, we had a benefactor. I never met him. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear a cackle through the fucking house. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my house, Horace. Yeah, hello, yeah, this is my vacation home. God, there's a lot of owners of this house, apparently. John Kramer, John Hammond, Granny Van Dam. Me and jo- me and John Kramer are secret lovers. Me and John Kramer are filling each other up, watching y'all kill each other. Oh God! <laughs> Welcome to my trap house. Me and HH, me and the ghost of HH Holmes are together right now. <laughs> oh God! John's always in a hospital bed, so he's not exactly the most passionate lover. But you know, he just had brain surgery <laughs> by some by some nurse in the factory. <laughs> GVD will fuck anything she can get her wheelchair uh, next to. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she has a special place for John Kramer. <laughs> yeah, right next to Gunnar Henson and the Six Flags guy. Yep. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this is the Six Flags guy. He's faceless. <laughs> 
could be if we didn't already kill him in the past. <laughs> so everybody runs out of the room and the TV pops on again and Meatloaf, you know, finally finishes up uh, his face. His face fry. <laughs> and then we go to the attic uh, because they're like, well, if we can't get out, I think Gary pitches them on this idea. If we can't get out, I guess let's go up. And so they head up to the attic all slow as fucking mice and they get up there and... Uh, I, I was thinking of, I know it was just an attic, so you could think of a million movies, but my brain went right back to um, The Deadly Spawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, and Justin, you mentioned House on Haunted Hill. Like, I believe they get out of that by going up, like, all the way to the top floor. Right, yeah. And, like, crawling out a window, right? Yeah, they get out a window, yeah, and, like, the ending joke is, like, how do we get down? I gotta admit, I've never seen that version. I thought you were talking about the Vincent Price one. Yeah, the remake, man. Oh, no, 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 dude. Oh, the 2000s remake is, like, kind of kind of fucking cool actually <laughs> oh okay it fucking rules i love it actually i just bought the scream factory blu-ray a couple of years ago and that i saw that movie in theaters opening night no one was fucking there and it's actually a blast okay i gotta revisit that there's like mannequins and they're all painted and shit and there's just like weird stuff up in this attic and uh they they end up like poking around up there and they're like let's go through the fucking roof man so they knock it open and there's a more metal sheeting on the roof and then they they can't get out the window because that's closed up and then i don't know what gary hears a fucking noise and goes downstairs yeah I- here's a dryer thump 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 you know because it's crawl through it <laughs> where's gary gary's getting it motherfucker that's where Gary is. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> Poor bastard. Oh yeah, that's right. Kira has like the Oz effect happens, right? Where like she can't like she can't hear anything. It just goes super quiet and she turns around and she's like, "Where's Gary?" She goes downstairs and he's like being pulled into a fucking room and murdered in a shower. Great visual though. Great visual being pulled in that room. Oh man. Oh yeah. Gary gets killed for an hour, okay? He died. <laughs> I love uh I love that, Justin. Uh it reminds me of, like Phantasm and stuff where like the dwarves run past like uh the gravestones and stuff. I always love that. Uh they do that a lot in the uh, house too. I think I told- Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gary Gary's fate is brutally extended. Um he gets the, I think he gets the worst death in the movie, as in the best death in the movie. Maybe my maybe my maybe my first favorite kill actually yeah if i'm being honest here's my question though i was a little confused about this why the fuck does his face start bubbling is the water just that hot it's acid bro oh okay it's boiling acid it's boiling acid (laughs) see see and we like this is where i was like yeah this is totally like someone who worked on saw had to have seen this movie because acid in any form is a recurring thing in saw so aggressively and to put it in, like, a shower head, I'm like, man, I like, either Lee Winnell or James Wan or, like, maybe one of the effects guys or producer, like, they had to have seen this movie. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> the only one that thought that while I was watching this. For real. For real. Legit. Legit. I'm not even joking. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, I'm serious. The way this guy screams is really unnerving. He's, like, scream crying, and no, he does a really good job, and it just, like, was like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I guess that would you, that's what you would sound like. Yeah, and first, like, she sees uh, Meatloaf, you know, cut short, um... Like, kind of over him, like, stabbing him or beating him or something. Then he gets tossed in the shower, and then, like, yeah, then he gets hit with the water. Yeah, that's right, that's right, yeah. And then, like, and then he's getting, you know, he's, he's screaming because his fucking face is dissolving. Then, like, because he just wasn't satisfied, he gets fucking, he gets fucking overkilled. Man, if you thought the end of, you know, you know Quentin Tarantino saw this movie, he sure did. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> or, 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 or the toilet kill in Freaky. Oh, yeah, there you go. Seems like, honestly, a direct homage. Maybe someone that made that fucking movie saw this as well, because when I saw that kill, I was like, no one's done this. But when I watched this tonight, I was like, whoa. 
There it is. Do you know what it's exactly evocative of? Deep Red. Deep Red, yep. Yep. Which has been coming up a lot lately, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to admit now, I've never seen Deep Red. Oh, it's so... I watched it last year, so I'm not too far away from you on that one, Connor. We played at the Alamo Draft House a few years ago, and it was actually a packed theater, and it was fantastic. I don't think I mentioned that I worked there, but yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I didn't know that. <laughs> Oh, it's all good. It's all good. It has orbited my entertainment life throughout like my entire existence because one of my favorite bands, the Pop Dickman Berserk, has a song called Deep Red, and the the chorus is about a giallo. <clears throat> profondo Rosso. Yes, Profondo Rosso. Um, yeah, no, and like the, the, it's a and you watch the video and everything. It's it's a direct homage to that movie, and I for some reason just never got around to seeing the movie. And like, yeah, now yeah, I have to see. Do yourself it. a favor. Must. Yeah, I got to see uh, when Goblin toured the U.S. for the first time. I got to see them uh, perform it live, like, oh. the, like playing in the background and stuff in, in uh, New York. Oh man! And then I saw them again in Philly. <laughs> it was awesome. I, I will say this though, because I did mention this previously on the show, maybe last year when I watched it. Hey, I did this i have no shame don't rewind it at this one part like i did or or rewind it oh you fuck <laughs> have at it take your pick whatever you feel like it maybe maybe even pause it the exact time mark i can give it to you if you want when you sit down to watch deep red just watch the movie <laughs> Don't ever pause it, just watch it. Joe is so perturbed by the idea that I rewound the movie and then spoiled the ending. I got so upset because it makes, because like that's the turning point where, where it makes you think. It's a very big plot point. Yeah, no it is. But I was kind of like, you know, like Connor just brought it up or somebody did, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, like I, I was Leonardo DiCaprio from that meme. That was me. I was like, oh, <laughs> he's pointing at the screen. <laughs> Well, that's a fucking post. Anyway. But anyway, Gary gets... So, like, the way it's filmed, I wasn't quite sure what part of his face was being smashed against the corner of something. Like the mouth? But it doesn't matter. It looked... It's like his mouth or his yeah. cheek or his forehead or something. No, I think it's his chin. No, it's his fucking mouth, and it just gets rocked in, like, fucking twice. Like, no cutaway. Like It is graphic. It's like... great. <laughs> Right, the fucking right on the end of that marble fucking uh, countertop. Love, love, love it. And like the thing is, the thing is, they show you the corner of whatever's gonna smack him on first, and it lingers. You're like, oh no. <laughs> and then it shows him holding Gary, and then it shows the corner again. You go, oh no. And then boom, you're like, oh. And then boom, and it happens like four fucking times. Oh, this movie is wearing its Italian influences on its fucking sleeve. It is so gnarly and so entertaining. Like I just, I was applauding at this point. I'm like, fucking good, like. We watch a lot of movies that are gory, but I don't think we watch a lot of movies that sh like give you money shots. <laughs> yeah, this is a money. This is a money shot. Like, and it's over and over and over. And then he pulls his head back, and like there's fucking pieces falling out, and he throws him back in the fucking uh, the shower, and there's blood fucking everywhere. <sighs> I gotta, I gotta be honest, guys. This may be recently added to my top twenty-five on-screen kills. Of all time. I, I I loved this so much. It's really fucking good, man. I think the savagery and how long it goes on. Yes. Warrants that kind of like thought process. Because like, again, first he's assaulted, then the acid, then this, and then his corpse is desecrated. Like, it, <laughs> Gary's death is so prolonged. Like Poor Gary. Maybe he shouldn't have been fucking 36 in a movie where he was supposed to be playing <laughs> a young child. This is what happens to people that critique films yeah. and, and call them shit and throw them in the dumpster. This is what they get. You don't know cinema. Meatloaf is like, what are you even doing here? You're an old man. This isn't Kino. And then you get fucking railed into a fucking uh, marble 
counter. That turtleneck was five years ago. How dare you use the iceberg analogy when talking about film? How dare you like the Super Mario Brothers movie? <laughs> Blasphemer. Wait, he pulls him up. He's like, wait, is it the Morton Jungle cut? He goes, yeah. He goes, all right, we're cool. And then just slams in and then just kills him again. <laughs> but to like put this scene like even more over the top, like a cherry on top of this fucking like, I don't know, it's like the pie from Killer Clowns they kill with a fucking security card with. Oh, yeah. You know, the whole time, Kira's trying to, like, break the door down to save uh, Gary, and then when she hears him, you know, stop screaming, she knows he's dead. But then, like, this fucking uh, Jack Nicholson-ass fucking arm blasts <laughs> through the fucking door and tries grabbing at her. Here's Meatloaf! It fucking busts through the door and, and tries to grab He is Calabos! <laughs> and this is the turning point, too, of the film. You know, this all happens uh, and plays out, and she gets knocked out or whatever. Um, and there's a quick scene back in the hospital, but, I, I mean, she's just kind of, like, in and out. I don't even know if you want to, like, if we want to go into it. I don't think the hospital becomes relevant again until her bandages come off. Yeah, because these, th this is just, like, a I'm, I'm dreaming scene or whatever. That scene seems shoehorned, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like, the, the doctor comes in and her, like, eyes are bleeding and shit, and it has that stupid, like, head motion that I hate. Yeah, and she's going, she's she's saying the calabose line over and over, and we have, like, I don't know, I kind of did like it, the one aspect of this scene where the uh, the uh, the roommate of the uh, hospital room is... Hey, put it, put it shit away, man. I don't want to see it anymore. Put it away. Put a lid on it, you fucking crazy broad. Put that curtain. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> Pull that curtain over. Well, we don't really see her after she pulls the curtain over, but we see this, like, freaky as hell, like, shadow dancing around and shit. Oh, yeah, man. She's, like, putting her arms up on the fucking mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, another Italian horror aspect there. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, it's Linda. Yeah, exactly. You took the words right from me, uh, Connor. It's Linda. <laughs> Hello, lover. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell runs in. He's like, where'd she go? <laughs> I got a date with a head. <laughs> He's covered in blood. He's got his fucking chainsaw revved up. He's like, where the fuck is she? <laughs> so then Tom and Erica, who had been kind of like banging this fucking metal, uh, yeah. uh, the metal in the ceiling on the roof, and uh, they're like, oh shit, where the hell did they go? And they come down and they find her knocked out, covered in blood. And they're like, all right, you killed fucking Gary. And she's like, what? No. I, I No, somebody punched me through the fucking door. And then she looks <laughs> over and the door is totally fine. We found you drawing in the attic, you crazy bitch. Oh, right, yeah. All her drawings are up there. She's like, I didn't do, I, what? I don't remember. And it's like, you're the only person in the house that draws fucked up shit. Uh... But the thing is, all the drawings so far match the kills. Yeah. Like the, the head on the plate. Uh, yeah, at the very least, like, if there's not a direct visual connotation there's a there's a there's a like a very heavy implication that like the drawing is foreshadowing a death yeah or the death is very much like aligning itself visually with one of the kills there's like a clown hanging by a noose and it's like okay well i guess that's gonna happen to the to the comedian guy you know what i mean or like the chick with her head on a platter yeah and like uh there's one where i i can't remember what gary's actually is like the drawing wise oh dude it's it's creepy. He's, like, walking down the street, and he's, like, melting. That's one of the Stephen Gamble-looking ones. Yes! Oh, that's right. Like, the like the rain. Like, I think the rain is melting him or something like that. Yeah, that's it. That's one of those haunting uh, pieces of art yeah. for me. But Erica locks her in the fucking bathroom because she's like, I'm not chancing it. This bitch is crazy. Uh, I was also kind of turn starting to turn on Kira at this point. I'm like, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I They should have cut some of these hospital scenes out. I feel like they kind of give it away too much with that. Yeah. Well, Erica and Tom, they go downstairs 
because their thought is, well, if we can't get out through the attic, maybe we can get out through the basement because that's where Tina was killed. So let's at least check it out. And they they see this fucking red uh, laser that's really just moving, you know, so fast you can never walk past it. Yeah. It's like a Resident Evil fucking trap now. <laughs> yeah. There's like there's a, there's, a, there's a diced up cube man on the floor. Like, oh, what happened to that guy? Oh, no. Like, <laughs> Whoops. Wasn't he also an Arrow and a couple other, other uh, Paul W. Sanderson movies? Oh, yeah. Let's go. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so she's like, oh, let's make a run for it. So she runs across the kitchen and like narrowly gets, you know, hit by a fucking uh, uh, saw blade, but uh, manages to like dodge it. But Tom doesn't run. He's just like, sorry, I, I froze up. <laughs> She's she looks away for two seconds and Tom is gone, and she's like, I can't open the. T- Tom, where'd you go? Oh, the trap's off. That's kind of weird. Okay, this pissed me off because they're like, how do we get to this door? Oh, we got to run through the fucking trap room. As soon as Tom is gone, she turns around, she picks up a fucking knife from from uh, uh, the kitchen counter, but then hears something coming after her and is able to run around the island out the other side and into the living room. Yeah. It kind of, that kind of pissed me off. That's the layout becomes, like, maybe inconsistent or just not enough thought was put into, like, what is where exactly. Yeah, you didn't have to fucking chance the, the, the trap, I guess is what I'm saying. Anyway. Well, instead, she finds a trap she didn't know was there. She tries to go for the uh, door. <laughs> uh, like Justin was kind of saying earlier, like, you kind of have this idea in your head that now the whole house is booby trapped. But the characters in the movie, in the heat of the moment, kind of forget. And uh, she goes to reach for the, the front door handle. I guess just... You know, again, she's panicking. She doesn't know what to do. And this literal, like, fucking Inspector Gadget arm <laughs> shoots out of the fucking wall. Go-go Gadget wall claw. Go-go Gadget foot breaker. Because she fucking gets grabbed by the ankle and she just hits the ground. And her <laughs> <whole> <laughs> an- <laughs> it's like her <laughs> ankle <laughs> and a couple inches above that just break. Oh, yeah. It's well, it's like a handcuff. Well, it's like a shackle. Yeah. But it's got blades on the inside. And then all I can think of was, like... We can cut through your ankle in about ten, two minutes. You can cut through that that chain in about ten. Her reaction, though, her reaction, please tell me. If your ankle was ripped in half like that shit, her reaction was so weak. Yeah. Uh, so, so weak. Yeah. it's it, That severed the Achilles tendon. That severed the bones in her foot. It severed all the nerves. Like She's like, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> ah. Oh, no, meatloaf, don't get me. Please. <laughs> It's hanging off. It's hanging off by like a fucking thread. Yeah, and like she's reaching over and she's like shimmying her own ankle off. No. Uh, it's fucking horrifying. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. She like she opens it up and crawls into the fucking the library room and she gets fucking punished straight up, dude. Yeah, she forgot there was another entrance into that room. <laughs> fucking meatloaf is like, all right, you lock this door. I'll just walk around this hallway and get you from behind. She's like, oh no. You ever see Silent Night, Deadly Night? Here it comes. And I would do anything <laughs> for murder. Um, literally, literally, here it is. Linnea being in this movie? Coincidence? I think not. I don't think so. Hello. She she gets it through the chest. This one gets it through the eye. I love this one uh, because it's slow. This is brutal. This is brutal. This is just like zombie, like straight up. Yeah, I agree, guys. Honestly, another great kill in this movie. I feel like we should be literally championing this movie to the highest fucking degree. For kills alone. I mean, (laughs) that's why we wanted to cover it. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, oh, man. Oh, God. I will do it for that reason, but I will not do it for different reasons that I will elaborate on. But yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. This this kill is 
one, it's filmed fantastically because yeah. I thought he was going to get her and push both of her eyes into the antlers. It's just one. And then you get, like, you get a shot from the back. And, like, you know he's pushing in. And then finally that one antler just pops out the back of her head. And it's all oh. it's all stringy. Might have to do a side-by-side straight up. I know that's that's what they're going for. It's it's almost shot for shot the same as Zombie. Uh, I kind of love it though. Well, it's Silent Night, Deadly Night, dude. Because when he when Billy puts Linnea up on that fucking uh, buck rack, he like slowly pushes her through, and it like comes through her stomach. Oh, yeah. And in the uncut version, you see that rubber kind of stick out a little bit on the effect, and like push through and everything. And yeah, oh man. Oh, it pops, dude. Yeah. Well, the way they zoom in on the antlers, though, I mean, like the, the way that it builds the scene, I think is perfect. Yeah. Shortly after this, this meatloaf guy shows up, like. There's a shot where Kira is backing away from him, and the subtitles, like, so you're watching him advance towards her, the subtitle says, he pursues. <laughs> right, yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Wait, there's a few parts like that, because in other scenes, it's like, he laughs, or he, he joins in cackling. <laughs> yeah, he pursues, I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, what is it? It's a, it read like badly translated j- like Japanese game dialogue. Like, I I would take that rather than what you get sometimes, whether like in video games or movies with subtitles, or usually it's anime where it'll just be like, oh, this character's name. You're not really supposed to know it yet because it's a spoiler. But then it's like the first time they appear, it's like this character. And it's like, oh, oh, okay. I I just thought it was the killer. I didn't know it was the main character. Okay. With all that said, though. They have kind of a back and forth, like a kind of a cat and mouse uh, fight where then, like, this meatloaf guy has all her fucking paintings on, like, a mirror. Well, yeah, he, like, grabs her, man, and you we finally get a good look at him now because we've only seen him really, like, on the TV, right? He reminded me of the bad guy from Last Action Hero. He looks like the guy from Popcorn. With, like, long hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, his voice reminds me of a fucking Power Rangers uh, villain. <laughs> you know, for, for having cut off his whole face, he looks pretty good. I mean, that guy in Poltergeist, he was pretty much dead, except it was a vision, so this guy did a much better job. Yeah, he looks pretty looks pretty good for having ripped off his own face and possibly cooked it. We can't confirm that, but maybe he did. <laughs> well, he, well, that's why he's gained a little weight. He's a little chubby in his face. <laughs> he's a little fat. You shouldn't eat your own face meat. It makes you bloated. <laughs> you ever see Ravenous? I kind of did that. And he's like, uh, so he, he like shows her all the dead bodies like isn't it beautiful he's like look at them i released them from your artwork i gave them their true form colobos yeah and like so this is where i'm like hmm like i immediately when this guy appears i'm already doubting his physical existence uh yeah because like and, and like, so okay like he's like i you he's like you made them real you made me real i exist now blah 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 um, and then, like, he takes a razor to her face, and he, like, cuts her nose, um, and at some point, she kind of, she, she spins around, I thought she slashed his throat? Yeah, he's, like, cutting her face, and then she, like, slits his throat. Yeah, and then she slams his ass into a fucking mirror, and, but when she looks, he's gone. Yeah, uh, this motherfucker gets straight up rumped with a fucking pool cue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does, um. I think that's where it's when she's holding the pool cue and he's coming after her. That's when it says he pursues. <laughs> Fucketh me. And he gets it right in the mouth. Fucketh me. Yeah. Comes out of the back of his head. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's great. He fucking eats it. And then like, doesn't he fall on it? Uh, No, she like pushes it through his fucking head. Oh, God. Pushes it slowly through his head. 
<laughs> in parentheses. Push it real good. <laughs> do, 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 Sorry, that's Push It by Static X, too. Oh, God. What? Salt and Pepper. There is no other one. Uh, There's a mashup. I will show you. Oh, Christ. Yeah, <laughs> push it. Yeah, <laughs> push it. <laughs> push it real good. Do, 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 do. Well, there's your new cut from the can, dude. You did it. <laughs> I'm so so happy. <laughs> I will totally, I will totally make that. Yeah, well, you win. You just you rolled the fucking dice on that one and came up all uh, lemons. I like how I essentially walk into a, fu- I step on a fucking rake, and then it's like, there's your cut from the can. Like- yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you're the one that brought up Static X. You should have seen it coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own rake. I put it there and then stepped on it. Like, well, how, <laughs> who the how, hell put this there? Who put this there? <laughs> so, so scarred up meatloaf tulpa. Killer man, Giallo man is dead, and she crawls out the basement window. I guess. Um, should we just start talking about what actually is happening in this movie at this point? Yeah, she's she's back in the hospital now, right? She's all cut the fuck up, and we we've seen this at the beginning of the film, and you know they had to do surgery on her face or whatever, so she's recovered in the hospital, right? And this whole movie's kind of been the recount. Of, of what happened. But nobody believes her. They, but nobody believes her, yeah. The the detective can't find the house that she mentioned or that or that there's snow in the location or anything. They can't find it. They think she's crazy. We went to the address and it was like an old people's house. That have lived there for 22 years. Yeah, Buffalo Bill opened the door. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about snow? Snow is a conspiracy. There's no such thing as snow. I'm just watching the house for the old lady. Don't worry about it. I know you mentioned snow bunnies, but that doesn't mean there was actual snow. I love that like, he didn't see snow. He's like, can't be the place. Snow doesn't melt. Well, we're going to find out in a minute why he didn't find the place. Well, it, it turns out it's like not even a mansion or anything. It's just like a regular house. So anyway. So then she leaves and, you know, the doctor's trying to offer her help and she blows her off. She's like, Colabo, she kept saying that when you came in. Turns out in distilled 90s lingo, it means mutilated. <laughs> What the fuck are you? That's a line from the movie. I had to write it down. Yeah. I know. Oh my god. I just thought she said it means I. I heard it as it. Yeah. It's it's Greek and it means mutilated. I didn't hear the part where she said distilled '90s lingo. <laughs> distilled into '90s lingo, it means mutilated. So then she goes home. And surprisingly enough, her home, it doesn't look exactly like the home in the movie, but it looks very similar to the one in the movie. Uh, it looks very Italian. I'll give it that. Uh, <laughs> well, then you sh- she starts hearing voices and shit, and I'm like, okay, maybe they're trying to pull the rug out from under me here. Uh, no. There's art and shit. All her art is all over the walls and stuff. So the jigsaw, the saw comparisons actually line up here, too. So mm-hmm. in Saw 2... The, uh, the the nerve gas house that they're all in. Um, I think in one of the later movies, it's revealed that, like, that house is either currently occupied or it's similar to a house that's owned by the next Jigsaw Apprentice. Oh, Christ. Is that the farm you were talking about? No. It's, oh, okay. it's like So when I said, like, John Hell, is the, he did, like, a housing project, he built all these fucking homes, and that's the, the tunnel that leads to the bathroom is underneath all those houses. <sighs> this is one of them. So, like... And yes, and so the Nerve Gas house basically is just a refurbished version of another house that looks exactly like it that, like, the new Jigsaw moves into. This is the Giallo Euro art house that he built. Yes, yes. So so if you haven't picked up on it by now, Kira's been the killer the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. This movie did a high tension, and I didn't appreciate it. Um, 
it did an American Psycho for me. Yeah, and like, so High Tension is a French slasher movie for those who haven't seen it, uh, and it's came out in like 2006. So I'm I'm not terribly concerned about spoiling it right no, now. No, it's great flick. It's been 15. Yeah, it's it's great up until it's suddenly not because the twist shatters the movie into fucking pieces. Mm. And it's a similar twist to this where one of the main characters turns out has been the killer the whole time. The problem is, in High Tension, you have scenes that happen outside of the main character's POV and establish the villain as a separate entity away from everything else. And in this movie, I think, logistically, it kind of hurts the whole thing. And the other problem I have with it is that it's so fucking obvious at some point that I started to get deflated. I was like, it's Kira. Stop trying to tell me it's not. It's fucking Kira. Well, right, because they have this elongated ending, and they could have done this in about a minute or two. They made it, it was like five minutes instead. It keeps going, and you're like, where is this going? It keeps going, and I'm like, I get it. She's the villain. And then, like, she's crazy. We get it. She's talking to her fucking razor blade. It's like talking to her. It's like, pick me up, Kira. Cut cut your face with me, Kira. You know what you get? So much to superimpose, like, little googly eyes and, like, little mouth. <laughs> I mean, we have to be honest, though. The ending may be the the failing of the film itself, based on that ending. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I listen. My thing is, I don't hate the ending. I just hate the way it's presented to the audience. Yeah, the way it's conveyed. I understand. I don't hate the ending, but it reminded me of High Tension, and I like High Tension is like fan fucking task. And I think, for me personally, until that reveal, and you're like, what? In this case, you're like. I knew it was her, but now you're dragging this out for so fucking long. I, I, get, I get it. Please do something. Wrap up. Well, we need to see her uh, put the ad in the paper to get her next set of victims. Okay. That I really enjoyed, actually, because that ties the whole... That that was a nice wraparound. I thought that was fantastic. But, like, the stuff in between the hospital and that I thought was just so... It's excessive. We didn't need her walking into the house, I don't think, at all, or doing any of that at all. No. We didn't need her talking to the paintings. We didn't need her giggling to herself and being a fucking stereotypical crazy girl. Or, like, flashing back to, like, the first scene where she, like, like uh, when Tina drops the Pepsi and, like, has the right. blade, there's, like, a recount of that. It's like, what? Yeah, it's just super weird and, like, it, it feels almost, like, self-absorbed and kind of, like, self-filating a little bit. It's like, ooh, do you get it yet? Do you get it yet? Mm, kind of. Here, here's my thing, at least my theory on it, and then I guess we can kind of get into our final thoughts unless anybody has anything else they want to add to it. I think, and I don't know, maybe I'm giving this movie too much credit or I'm overthinking it. You know, I love to do that. I just think she's just a really unreliable uh, narrator, honestly. I think that all this shit happened in her... You know, that's a good point, too. Like, it all happened in her fucking house. That's why it was all had this this steel all installed into it. Um, you know, she, the story's being told through her. She could just say it's a different house. You know, they don't have to be, you know, consistent. Who gives a fuck? Like, she's, you know, does she have split personality? Is she just killing people and then, like, her brain blocks it out and then she thinks she did it? Like, it's kind of like you're left to uh, to sit there and think about it. Like, again, is she just, is she crazy? Did she kill these people knowingly? Did she actually think she was a victim until this final uh, switch turned on when she got home? I mentioned uh, American Psycho before. I was about to say, I'm like, to Joe's point about American Psycho, like, well, can I make my point ha- about American Psycho? Yeah, no, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, not just about, yeah. Connor's going to make it for you, Joe. Okay. Well, because I was, I was going to phrase it differently, but go ahead. Going back to, like, American Psycho, like I was saying, like, did it even really happen? You know what I mean? Because, you know, we, at the end of American Psycho, he goes on a fucking killing spree, shooting on these people, coming in and out, signing his names, whatever, and he, like, has that fucking call uh, with his lawyer and shit, and it confesses to the murder of Paul Allen, all this bullshit. Um, 
And in my head, I was like, okay, did she just like fantasize that whole thing, cut herself up real good, get hit by a car, and now she's going to actually act it out? Because when she's talking to the fucking razor blade, it's like, I got something I want you to do for me. You, you know what it is? And she's like, yep, I'm going to put that fucking ad in the paper, baby. Mm, maybe. The ad is the exact same one from the beginning, so wouldn't you think like... Yeah, but did she dream that one? You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, well, that lady does read it. Yeah, but did she dream it, is what I'm saying. Well, right, yeah, exactly. Did she dream the reading of the ad? Yeah. And so is this the first time she's actually putting it out there? Like, was this a, was this a you know, not a premonition, but like a dream of something that she would later do? Yeah, exactly. And since she's a contestant, is she like making up all these other characters in her head, too? Well, right. And the reason I say that is because she has that thing in the kitchen that echoes back to Tina. So I was like, well, is that her just like... Is that one of her personalities, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Um, but let's say it all did happen for the sake of argument and there is a cycle. Sure. Uh, just repeating. She intentionally puts in that ad. I want freeloaders, people that don't have any family, uh, people that, you know, basically people that aren't going to be fucking missed is is essentially who she's looking for. It's funny because she says artists in there, too. So I was like, ah, cool. You bunch of losers. <laughs> I'll kill all of you fucking losers. <laughs> yeah, you fucking nobody cares about you. Fucking I want bring all your art degrees over here and let me show you what they're worth. <laughs> the only people that were actually upset that the uh, person was missing was the friends of uh, Gary because now they have to pay more rent. Well, now it's all, but it's all taped too. So when I think about it from that angle, like if it was a uh, a creep thing where she like mm. goes back and recovers like a VHS tape of like all the murders and shit that she keeps in like a fucking, I don't know, vault or some shit. But she doesn't, so it's like, well, what was that all, whole angle about? Yeah, I mean, if you take it just on face value, it kind of leaves something on the table. But if yeah, if you start to do what we're doing, we're kind of trying to read between the lines and figure out what exactly happened. I think that's that kind of makes it more interesting to me than just kind of seeing what happens and just leaving it like that. Well, we're doing what the directors wanted. Yeah, we're digging for answers where there really aren't any because there's no more material. So we're we're combing through like interpretations of an ending that is kind of you know but that one notebook though in dude's closet that hasn't been looked at in 25 years yeah <laughs> yeah the there. one that us uh, the one that cb smith left in the attic in the changeling wzw yeah i'm surprised none of you mentioned the, the rocking chair you guys just did an episode on the changeling and in the attic i was like the first thing i thought because i listened to that episode i was like dude the rocking chair going back and forth <laughs> with great the guts atmosphere. on it the guts, the intestine just hanging off the fucking yeah. rocking chair. She has like a oh. fucking vision of it, yeah. Missed that one. Thanks for picking it up. <laughs> I do think that if they did make a sequel, well, maybe in the MDU at least, it, it should have been Harry and Marv get trapped in this fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> you know they'd survive because they're just indestructible. Macaulay Culkin is cutting his face off on like a TV. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you see like Marv, like the razor blade flies at him and it just like gives him like a buzz cut. <laughs> He'd have to have speakers on every single corner of every room, like, You guys give up? Are you thirsty for more? Up here, you big horse's ass. Kevin uh, very clearly grew up to be John Kramer anyway, so. <laughs> he was the guy with the shotguns. It was Marv in his yeah. old age. <laughs> oh, my I can't God. let Kevin get me. I gotta get these shotguns set up. I can't let Kevin find me. I have to rig shotguns in every doorway. <laughs> so, so Saw takes place in, like, 2025, right? Yeah, because he's like an old man, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> Let's not go down this road. We'll be here all night. Are you asking me officially or MDU canonically? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's canonically true that Kevin McAllister turns into John Kramer. <laughs> anyway, so where are we putting this, fellas? Uh, 
you know what shelf despite my feelings in the ending and like when i watched it initially i was like mm, dumpster uh just because i like i didn't like the ending i don't like the ending at all um but like as we're talking about like the like as a slasher film and as a horror film and as one that's like you know got like sight gags and and money shots and like what you'd go to see a horror film for it's pretty fucking interesting um it's fun it's weird it's not like anything i've seen you know from this time period recently or you know any even from a while back like i this is this is a movie made for this show hands down it's made to be discovered um, and I, I, I'm sad to hear these guys never made, never made any more movies after this, or at least, you know, nothing reputable or notable. Um, cause I think it's a, it's a fantastic little find that I would encourage people to go look up and kind of discover on their own. Even after listening to this, like do, go absorb it. I, I, I implore you to, because it's very interesting. Yeah. Shelf. Uh, 100%. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Shelf. 100%. Never heard of it. I think that 30 minutes. That first 30 minutes, I was like, okay, you got me, but please give me something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please. Something. And then when it happened, like I said earlier on in the episode, I was enamored by the presence of amazing low-budget special effects, and the kills were so fucking good. This is a movie, I swear to God, I mean, uh, long story short, I may be recommending this for a dismembered in Alamo event. Oh, Ooh. hell yeah. Based on this episode. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's enjoyable enough. And I think it's very well done from the perspective of who is involved, the budget. I absolutely had a blast with this movie. So, yes, on the shelf. I am buying that Arrow import tonight. <laughs> It's going on my shelf, for real. My co-host needs to absolutely watch this. He will love it. Awesome, dude. Uh, yeah, it's on the shelf, baby. Um, ever since I fucking grabbed it from that path mark, it's been on the shelf. Um, <laughs> this flick, uh, like like we've been alluding to the whole episode, or, or talking about the whole episode, it's got that. It's got all these different kinds of flavors that I'm here for. It's got a little It's got a little bit of giallo flair to it. It's got a good uh, slasher element to it. And it's got a great, uh, s- for the most part, it's got a great uh, psychological horror uh, element to it. An almost ghost, haunted house vibe. Uh, to it that I that I really enjoy. Um, the lighting is really good, and the cinematography is really good, and it has so I, I, maybe more than it has any right to be. Um, and and again, uh, like I'm gonna pig, piggyback off Justin, but um, you know the effects are really great. I mean, we have we have uh, K and B alumni working on this film, um, and it's they're just so good. Um, Again, it's a little, it's a little, it drags ass a little bit for that first three minutes. Get through it. You can do it. I have faith in you. <laughs> Watch this whole movie. I, you're gonna love it. Um, definitely go grab uh, that Arrow Blu-ray for sure because it's well worth. I think I paid like twenty bucks for it. Head over to DiabolicDVD.com uh, and go get get yourself uh, a copy of Colobos or Arrow, depending uh, whoever has it uh, or where it's available. And uh, and yeah, sh- shelf for sure. Um, I think that's I think that's all I got. Yeah, ex- excellent flick. Yeah, it's uh, definitely on the shelf, and uh, I'm glad that we watched this because you know 
kind of like what Justin was saying that first like 30 I think he said 36 minutes I was like you know I was into like the first 15 and then they lost me for about 20 and then I was like okay I get what they're going for like a bunch of people in in a big brother style show getting offed and then the traps start fucking coming out I'm like okay maybe this isn't exactly what I think I'm getting into and then yeah outside of like you know I like I said I like the ending I just feel like they really like you figured it out, and then here's five more minutes for the people that haven't figured it out yet. Because I'm, you know, they're out there. I'm sure people like my dad, who is uh, <laughs> doesn't do the best watching movies the first time. Wait a second, she was the killer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe she was the killer. I didn't even know she was the killer. There's no subtext. <laughs> who told you she was the killer? Did I not pay attention to the movie? Yeah. <laughs> I love my dad, but, like, just an example real quick. I saw Inception with him, and I just kept looking over to his face in the theater, and he looked just like <laughs> his mom. He, he like, smoke coming out of his ears trying to follow it. So, look, please, please, don't don't tell me you're comparing Inception to Calabobos. Oh, no, I, I fully I, I fully expect my father, if he were to see this, to figure it out. I'm just using an example of a very confusing film that I don't think is very confusing. My name is Richard Calabobos. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't there a fucking Adult Swim show called, like, bo 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 Well, it was actually a Japanese anime that fucking got butchered by America. There's a whole thing. I could rely on Sean for anything like that. If I'd be like, it hey, wasn't that one show, and blah, 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 and Sean's like, here you go, this is what it's called, and this is where it aired. <laughs> I don't want to get off on a side tangent, but bo 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 bo. <laughs> My point is, I liked it a lot, but there's some elements that I think they could have trimmed down, and uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised I hadn't heard about this until now because it does have a pretty original concept. Obviously, it's been kind of copied and beaten to death over the last twenty odd years, uh, but this was a good movie, and uh, definitely check it out if you haven't already. Again, you, you pretty much know all the twists and turns if you haven't. Uh, but I would still highly recommend this one for sure. And I'm, and I'm glad, uh, that I got to show you guys this flick because, uh, this is a good one, uh, that, that's been with me for a while. So, uh, when I saw that blue, I was like, we got to do this shit. Here's the question I have for you though. Joseph, please tell me. Yeah. Have you met anybody else that found this movie in a grocery store? (laughs) basket well i I, personally i don't really know anybody else that's even talked about this movie like in uh just people that i know that watch movies you know that watch horror movies and stuff or exchange and be like hey have you ever seen this or what have you so um and like connor said before i think it was i think it's a one of the perfect choices for uh what we're trying to do with the show and stuff so uh open the open everybody's eyes to stuff you might have missed um and this one you probably probably have missed so definitely uh remedy that for sure but uh but yeah justin thank you so much for coming on the show uh we really appreciate it. had a great time with you talking about this movie um again epic film guys podcast where can everybody find your stuff man we're literally everybody hold on i'll take that I'll take that again we're literally everybody we are everyone every man every woman we're leaving that <laughs> in we're we're Definitely not going to edit this. <laughs> oh God! I was going to say up everybody's ass, but not not going to do it. No, please, please. Actually, there's way worse shit than this on my own show, so I don't really care. <laughs> I'm everybody. I'm inside you. Oh, are you my razor blade talking to me? Yeah. Yes, calipers. Yeah. Hello, touch me. We're everywhere on social media. We're literally on every podcatcher. Epicfilmguys.com. 
We're old. We've been around forever. Just search Epic Fail Guys and you'll find us. Not Fail Guys, Epic Film Guys. Yeah, but if you search that, you'll find us too. Oh, is that is that what you used to be? <laughs> no. Oh, you son of a bitch. You saucy son of a bitch. He's got that algorithm on fucking lockdown. <laughs> That's what they hashtagged us five years ago when they pummeled us with bad reviews. So, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oof. But no, Epic Film Guys... Every podcatcher, epicfilmguys.com, we're all over the place. Groovy, man. Again, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, we got some uh, we got some good dumpster stuff coming up for you guys. Um, don't want to spoil too much, but we got a watch along coming up. Uh, this drops, uh, by the way, this drops the Friday of the first day of VHS Fest at the Mahoning Drive-In Theater. So I better see all of you there. Are you going to be there, Justin? I am actually not my next ah bummer. My next engagement is Joe Bob. I have to pick and choose, or I will be destroyed by my wife counterpart. So <laughs> we'll we'll be there too, man. We'll see it. We'll see you Friday and Sunday, depending on which days you're there. Can't wait. Uh yeah, we got a watch along coming up for you patrons. We got another commentary track coming up here for you guys, and we have something special cooking at the end of the month. Um, go check out that Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and look at that. Look up that MD guide. It'll tell you all the deets. Because uh, it'll definitely be out by the time this drops. Yeah. And uh, if you're on Patreon or you're not yet, sign up for that 5 or $10 tier to get all the watch-alongs. Uh, the commentary tracks are all on there. They're never going anywhere. And uh, definitely check out that one we did last month, Deep Blood. Like, that is... I'm not going to say much, but I did tweet this out. It is it is one of the worst movies I've ever fucking seen. It's a movie. <laughs> Go check out that commentary track. You just have to see and hear this shit. And don't forget, you you sign up for that 5 or 10, you're going to net yourself some swag. You want a, a, a little t-shirt, a pin, a glow-in-the-dark pin, uh, air freshener, sticker packs, all kinds of good shit. And uh, every tier, including the $2 tier, gets all the uh, behind the scenes previews you get to see that chunky chicken shirt early that we showed on the recent live show yep goro's got nard shirt all kinds of good stuff uh yeah moviedumpsterpodcast.com check it out please leave us a five-star review if you dig the show so that's it that's call from 1999 directed by daniel leidowich and david todd ockverk if you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms. You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2 5 or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content, or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. I'm Justin Esquel, the Epic Film Guys. Thanks for visiting the dumpster.